Truth Seeker and or its affiliates are not responsible for any strange phenomena that may occur during or after listening to this podcast, which may include the following. Heightened senses of awareness, psychic abilities, UFO sightings, alien contact, time loss, out-of-body experiences, ringing in the ears, ESP, lucid dreaming, increased synchronicities, astral projection, telepathy, stronger intuition, levitation, miraculous healings, and or remote viewing. Please be advised to listen at your own discretion. gentlemen what's up it's me your host truth seeker we're gonna get it in today we're gonna talk about it we're going there oh yeah we're gonna be talking about out-of-body experiences out-of-body travel astral travel obes all that kind of stuff we're gonna link it back to the bible what does the bible have to say about this stuff we're going to hear about encounters. I'm going to share some of my experiences. My guest who has uh, several books on the matter, we're going to get into that. It's going to be good. We're going to discuss all things spiritual. And if you're with me, we'll move forward. If not, we'll see you when we see you. But we're going to get it in, guys. I want to say a huge thank you to everybody who has supported my work via Patreon. This doesn't exist without your support. This is a listener-funded show what I'm bringing to the table. Um, There's not a lot of money in it. So thank you for believing in my work, for partnering with me. And if you would like to see more episodes of the True Seeker podcast, if you would like to get access to different levels of of tiers and rewards and things like that, that I have on my Patreon, my entire discography of music, all of that stuff, um, it's available. Patreon.com backslash True Seeker. Can't do it without your help. Uh, It means the world. Um, You get access to our Thursday night seer class, which is tonight. You also get access to our Sunday morning. Um, I'm sorry, the S- Sunday morning seer class, Thursday night school of the mystics and everything else that we're bringing to the table there. It's some really uh, cool stuff that's up there. Check it out. My life's work. You get access to it for supporting. Um, shout out to everybody. Let's see. Uh, I guess concerning this subject, um, I just released a, a new music video. Um called leaving my body and it in the video is about me leaving my body and having an out-of-body experience so if you haven't seen that make sure you go to the youtube and check that out go to the website truthseeker.com 
the video was there and um, did a really good job on that. Shout out to Corey with Envision Media Works who helped me with that. But uh, yeah, we've been talking about this for a long time and I'm excited for today's episode. And I'm going to go ahead and jump into it. I'm going to bring on my guest today, Marilyn Hughes. Marilyn, how are you, my friend? I'm doing great. Thanks you, for having me on. You've been all over the place. You're on Coast to Coast AM. You're doing all kind of journey into the light. You're on all these shows going on there <laughs> talking about leaving the body, astral travel, the silver cord, all of these things. I'm assuming you've had some experience with uh, leaving the body, correct? Yes, I have. <laughs> I've been doing this uh, doing this um, since the 80s. Wow. The 80s. Yeah, so it's been a very long time. Yeah, uh, thousands of experiences at this point. Yeah. <laughs> what what has changed since the 80s as far as like, I guess, everything? Maybe experiences. I'm sure they get deeper and deeper and just new levels and realms are opened up. But what, what has changed as far as Tried. like, you know, going uh, on people's podcasts? Or I mean, is it is there like a, is this blowing up? I know it was big in the 80s. Is it in the 90s and now? Is it bigger it, now? What, what's going on in that bigger realm? now? It's interesting. It's um, it's definitely um, evolving. I think uh, people are more interested now than they were. It was more of an um, you know an off the cuff kind of subject matter in the eighties and early nineties. Not as many people were interested in it, and it, it, there was more of a you know oh that's crazy kind of thing. <laughs> now um, now. You talk to people about out-of-body experiences, first of all, they usually know what that means, <laughs> you know, which yeah. is not, wasn't the case back then. And um, a lot of times people say, oh, I was either reading about that or I've been trying to do that or I've had some experiences. So it seems to me it's, it's, uh, it's really opened up a lot in the, in the world. It, it has. And it's kind of, um, it's, it's really cool with the internet because, uh, you find your tribe, you find people that are looking for it. I would say back in the day, you know, with any type of material, you really had to proselytize. You had to kind of get out there and campaign for your book or what you <laughs> believe in. And, hey, you want to have an out-of-body? You're bringing it up in conversation. You're just trying to convince people and all of this kind of stuff. But now with the Internet, you could just put it out there. And because of Google, because of YouTube and the search terms, the people who are into that, they're going to organically find it. So the community is formed. Things just start falling into place. You don't have to trick nobody. You don't have to coax nobody into believing believing in it. Those people who are interested, they're naturally going to listen to a podcast like this or pick up one of your books, right? Right. And you know, back in back in the eighties, we you know generally most most towns and cities had three or four radio stations, um, and so each city would have one talk radio station, and no podcasting at that time. And so <laughs> it was rarely talked about on radio. Now, I was on some shows. Uh, well, it was talked a little bit. But, um, I was on a couple of you know, television shows back then. But even those shows, it was considered, wow, you know, this is so new. You know, and, it's, you know, and as, as you know, out-of-body travel goes all the way back to the beginning of time. It's not new. But uh, I think it's really good that people are... Uh, realizing the importance of it as being kind of a part of our human experience, uh, you know? Yeah, definitely. That's that's cool that, you know, we can have the conversation and it's okay. 
You're not gonna, yeah. you're not gonna yeah. be ostracized or whatever now. But we had kind of, you kinda of had to fight for that though a little bit, right? Like it wasn't sure just did. widely accepted <laughs> and say, Hey, come on my podcast and or my radio show and talk about it. You kinda of gotta fight for what you believe in, but now it's a thing. Um, <laughs> one of the things that kind of intrigues me about you, and this is kind of what I bring to the table, is coming from a Christian perspective, right? Um, right. And we're talking about being taboo. A lot of this stuff is taboo in the Christian community, and I think the work that I'm doing, and you as well, is to right. kind of erase some of that taboo, maybe even show you some examples in the Bible, look at some of the ancient Christian mystics who practice these type of of uh, encounters with uh, the trance state, which is all throughout the Bible. Uh, Cause I go to your, I go to your Facebook and your Facebook is inundated with posts like Jesus is Lord and all of this really cool Christian, you know, Christian memes and Christian videos and stuff. And so you're a believer. Oh, uh, uh, it's not, I mean, it really goes all the way back in time, but yes, Interestingly, when, you know, when all of our faiths, including the Christian faiths, are based on revelation, that we can so easily freak out by the thought of uh, experiencing something mystical or out-of-body travel. Uh, you know, when St. Paul said, you know, whether I was in the body or out of the body, um, you know, we have Elijah, we have Ezekiel, we have <laughs> Jesus himself, you know, um, there are so many places in the Bible. Jacob's ladder was a was a mystical out of body experience that Jacob had. So they're they're scattered throughout the Bible, and um, ironically, in some respects, I, I think that um, when people forget that and they think that this is something that you have be experiencing Jesus himself or should not be open to they're missing a huge chunk of the way that the universe teaches us because um, these out-of-body experiences come upon us at times when we need to make a shift, you know, in another direction. And we get a lot of guidance from them, a lot of uh, instruction and things like that. Okay. Yeah. You're good. So there's some kind of noise going on. I don't know. Somebody's trying to get in a dog probably. Um, yeah. Part of it. Uh, Amy Simple McPherson is someone who is known for trances these days is what Karen says. Uh, shout out to everybody holding us down in the live chat. Uh, hopefully the internet connection uh, works with us. Doesn't kick us off. I think it's already been rebooted once, but I'm trying to get this uh, figured out on the back end so that we can release the podcast audio episode as well. So make sure that goes good. I've never, I've, I've heard of that name. I don't know much of her work, but um, as far as the trance state uh, in, in the scriptures in the Bible, it's all throughout the Bible. And the scripture says that I was in a trance on the Lord's day and um, these different experiences where they were caught up and received revelation from, from heaven uh, God opening up their understanding in the uh, d deep hours of, of the night and speaking to people as well as they're leaving their bodies, even when they go to sleep. So, all right. You kind of, I think you muted. With Samuel, I was saying um, Samuel was a big one where mm -hmm. he was having that out of body experience and thinking that, um, but you know, that's a great example of how um, the, um, the uh, real uh, 
nature of the out-of-body experience is it seems so conscious to a person having it that he believed it was really his uh, teacher in the other room, his master in the other room, uh, because it's, it's so very conscious. Um, a lot of people say, you know, how will you know if you had an out-of-body experience? And I'm like, there's no way you won't know because it's so powerfully real, you know, the vibrations. It's just very, very obvious when you have a fully conscious out-of-body experience. Um, so, yes, it is throughout the whole Bible. Happened to St. Paul on his way to, you know, Damascus. Yeah. Happens to a lot of, you know, I mean, even the whole book of Revelation is a, is a you know, a really interesting journey that St. John took, you know. Um, and it's not just the ones that are actually in the Bible as well. You know, you look at the apostles and, you know, we have an apocryphal, uh, apocryphal library in the New Testament as well. And um, the uh, apostles, all of them had their own apocalypse. And so they all wrote a, an apocalypse, Peter, Paul, and they're, they're all very interesting. They took journeys to the heavens, the purgatories the hells, and they're very in-depth books, um, but these are all taken through out-of-body experiences. Um, one of the, the, the weird things, and it's kind of a disconnect when it comes from the Christian community concerning out-of-body experiences or even the trance state, is they have this weird notion as they're reading, maybe because it's foreign, they think that they're just these random acts to where like, I was walking down the street and I fell into a trance. <laughs> or I was, you know, I was shopping at the grocery store and I fell into a trance. They just think these, these random encounters where God sucked them into a trance and had a, a message to give them. They don't understand Christianity coming from the East, that this was something that was practiced. The trance state was something that the disciples and the apostles, Jesus himself would go away for hours praying. That's right. And he was meeting with his uh, his masters, he was meeting with Moses and Elijah at the Mount of Transfiguration, who had already passed on. He's meeting with his ancestors. And we, we get a glimpse into that. And it's very, um, very interesting. But it, I believe it's something that they practiced. It wasn't just like these one time experiences that just randomly happened. Right. I agree with that. Um, you know, the thing that's interesting is when you look in the writings of St. Paul and he talks about the body of Christ and he talks about the varying gifts that we have. And, you know, I come from the Catholic tradition. I was a convert in the year 2000. And so it's important to point that out because a lot of people are like, well, you believe in Jesus because you were raised that way. And it's like, well, no, I became uh, Catholic because of the experiences that I had, um, the out-of-body experiences that I had. Um, but uh, in, the, in the tradition of the apostles, you're going to see that they talked about the body of Christ, the um, different gifts. So like in the Protestant tradition, people will talk about being slain in the spirit, speaking in the tongues. Mm -hmm. Those are mentioned as gifts, but mysticism and the out-of-body experience are also spiritual gifts. And so they're, they're all in the, that same body of knowledge. They're just different expressions of it. Um, and um, when you look back at the actual writings of the early church and you see what they were, uh, you know, because in, in the Catholic church, we have what's called liturgy. Um, a lot of the Christian churches have some form of liturgy, but there are liturgies, which are 
uh, from the very early church. The first one was written by St. James, and then we have liturgies written by pretty much every, almost every apostle. And these are the liturgies that they used in their services for the purpose of, um, uh, you know, properly yeah. honoring God through the Mass. Uh, but there are other liturgies. Uh-oh. I don't know if you can hear me, but um, you froze there for a second. I don't know if you're still with me or not. But that's the interesting thing. Uh, when we look at the early church and we see, um, like I had um, Eric Dollard on here, and he's a physicist, right? And he talks about how the uh, churches were set up in such a way that the music and the audio would just carry throughout the uh, the uh, building. Okay, are you there? Okay. Uh, yeah, wow. I, I was there. I could hear you, but you couldn't hear me. But your screen went uh, frozen too. <laughs> mm. Sorry about that. There's technology here. We'll make it happen. <laughs> um, so, yeah, they, they're talking about the ways that the, um, um, you know, the churches, the, ca the cathedrals were built in such a way that when you had these huge uh, organ pipes that were really yeah. uh, big and they would play certain tones and frequencies and the the music would reverberate throughout the cathedral and the music would actually uh produce a trance state by the the music that they were playing in these huge cathedrals that produces mm -hmm. trance state and they said that people would kind of rush to get to the middle of the building and get the perfect seat just as the the, the sound goes forth and it can produce that trance state by listening to the music and this was in you know what i'm saying that i know in, in like the 1700s this was also i mean this also happens now in like a lot yeah. of protestant like you said church services where they're they're worshiping they have a static worship they're singing they're dancing they begin to shake cry tremble they have a out-of-body experience they have there's visions that come to them and this is something that's still practiced today in a, in a lot of those churches, and it's beautiful, right? Yes. Um, there's a lot of people who talk about this, and it's all throughout the scriptures. I've been doing a little bit of research on the sh the, the Quakers, who were known yes. as the Shaking Quakers, and had they had this uh, <laughs> yep. exuberant worship as they would sing and dance and be joyous and 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 and, and dancing in the spirit. And then there was times where it was a peaceful, quiet meditation, inward journey communing mm -hmm. with God and all of that stuff is beautiful and it was practiced throughout the scriptures. Yeah. And you know, in, um, uh, just in terms of the church, even at the United States air force Academy, they have the Catholic chapel was built to, um, uh, filter air so that it would sound like the catacombs. And so, um, you know, your listeners, you can go on YouTube and look for that um, that chapel and you can actually hear it in the video. They let you hear what it sounds like. They wanted it to sound like catacombs of the early Christians. And, um, but we also have, uh, in the Catholic tradition, uh, a really heavy mystical theology tradition, which goes all the way back because in the Catholic tradition, we have a lot of mystics and saints who experience these things, um, pretty regularly and pretty profoundly. And, um, and so a mystical theology, which is kind of like a combination of moral theology and, um, 
you know, a theology around mystical experience, which includes, you know, the three ways of the spiritual life, all the purification that goes on through the soul as you go through these stages is included in all that. Ironically, even in the Buddhist tradition, the Buddhist tradition also has um, books on uh, from the original Theravadan Pali Canon, that is, uh, you know, the path of purification, the path of discipline, path of discrimination. And these are all things that are also common in Christian monastic communities. And ironically, in my own books speak, my own experiences led me in that same direction. Another thing about that as well, even in the Islamic tradition, in the Sufi mystical tradition, they have a, a they have a tradition of mystical theology, which is written about best but, uh, in the what's called the Iya Ulum Uddin, which is by Imam Ghazali, who uh, was a mystic, a Sufi mystic in the 1800s. And um, he's written a two volume pivotal text for the Islamic faith on mystical theology and the purification of the soul, you know, so it's it's everywhere and you can find it in any of the religions any of the world traditions and my my own personal reason for thinking that's the case is because when you meet in the mystical in the out-of-body travel state you're going to be meeting in a place uh that's going to be much more similar than um different so when you when you look at the writings of the mystics throughout the ages um, mystics understand each other, whether they're from the same faith or not, because they're meeting at a point that is beyond, beyond the individual faiths. So they, they travel to an area where they have a lot more in common than they have apart. <laughs> <That's cool>. yeah. <laughs> yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. Chanting is also something that's done yes. to put yourself into a, a trance-like state. We have, uh, you know, the the Gregorian chants, and we have the chants from the East, from the Hindu Hindu traditions that were almost like worship songs, getting one's body ready to commune with the divine. There's some really beautiful chants there, and then going to a Protestant worship service where they have their eyes yes. closed, hands raised, and yep. um, they're chanting songs and lyrics over and over, and it it pulls you into a trance and. It's really cool how they're how the these ancient practices are still being kept today by you know the church, which is really cool. So um, one yeah, thing there I wanted... is a there is a there is a charismatic renewal branch mm -hmm. in the Catholic Church that does a, does services very similar to what you're describing in the Protestant Church. So it's also in the Catholic as well now. Yeah, you know? we um we used to go to some home meetings and it was a eclectic bunch of uh. Some people may be Baptists, uh, uh, you know, Assemblies of God, whatever. Everybody was from a different background. And there was this one little old lady, and me and my wife were talking about her yesterday. But um, she was Catholic, and she went to a Catholic church, and it was real modest. You know, they, did, they went through their ritual, did their thing. But then she would come to these prophetic meetings, and, and she was just this little Chinese lady. And it was weird because when people would speak in tongues— she automatically knew what they were saying. And it was so real to her that she thought everyone 
automatically knew when someone speaks in tongues. Yeah, everybody knows what they're saying, able to interpret it. She didn't know that not everybody could do that, that it was a spiritual gift. And it was funny because she used to just get caught up in the spirit and just start laughing. And we we joke around, but she was like, ha ha, Lord. Ha ha, Lord. (laughs) The spirit would hit her. And it was just so, so innocent, man, just to see this little old Chinese lady, you know, in love with Jesus and the spirit hit her. And, um, and and, And it just shows you that God is not a respecter of persons. You know, the yep. scripture says in the book of, of uh, Joel, I believe it is, he said, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, right? Yep. And so mm-hmm. everyone can encounter this presence and, and, and this, 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 you know what I'm saying, revival, renewing wind of the spirit, whatever you want to call it. And it, it is no respecter of persons. God loves everyone and everyone can get, you know, get, get, get in on this and get a piece of it. No matter your religious background, belief, God's love transcends that. So that's the beautiful thing that... uh. You know, and even shows grace and mercy to Christians too. They can get it, get in on it as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, let me ask. Let me ask you this. So, going back to the you know Apostle Paul leaving his body, and he had this encounter. It's in Second uh, Corinthians chapter twelve. He had this encounter where, um, it's he's. I don't know if he's talking about someone else or his own encounters, but he says, "I knew a man." who was caught up in the spirit and uh, he, he left his body and went to heaven. He said it was so real that he don't know if he took his body with him and just like transmuted <laughs> and went to heaven with his body or if he left his body. He doesn't know. Only God knows. Uh, but he says he's, he heard things that it's not permissible for men to speak. One version says um, inexpressible things. I've seen mm-hmm. things that I couldn't articulate if I tried. I've been to realms like that. Um, hearing the voices of angels that goes into that, hearing the angelic voices and, 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 the, and the communication with angels and different things like that, inexpressible things. And I know a lot of people ask this question. I was listening to your interview on Coast to Coast. People talk about when they tap in, there's this, like a, there's an information highway and stuff just <laughs> flying by right whether it's com- trying to commune with your higher self and, and god has something specific for you in that realm when you when you leave your body and you connect um how do we hold on to something because it's usually like just try to grab whatever you can and pull it out and sometimes well, it's you- hard because it's so much there do we get better at that how does that work of just trying to pull something out of the astral realm into our reality now. Well, and the well, the uh, just a quick explanation. The astral realm refers to specifically the fourth realm, so you don't want to pull anything out of the fourth realm. But when you're talking pulling something out of the out of body experience, and when you're touching into the mind of God, and you have that experience of all of a sudden understanding everything and knowing everything. It's really a process that occurs over time where you're bringing that which is of heaven to earth. So you bring parts of it back with you. And as you continue having the experiences, you will also be given more specific things, uh, whether it's a specific uh, set of words or a truth or an image to bring back. A lot of what you're bringing back is energetically because knowledge of you know when it comes down to it is vibration so each time that we go into these out-of-body experiences and are taken into higher and higher spaces we're bringing something back from it 
would, you know, we, we can't bring the whole thing back because it's so huge, <laughs> but we bring a little bit of heaven back to earth with it every time. So it's a gradual process over time. I always suggest people keep, you know, pen and paper right next to them when they're sleeping, especially if they receive something in words, you want to get the exact words written down. Um, but it, it's, um, it is something where we, we try to uh, discipline our mind to the point where we can get these things written down before they are taken from our mind again, because it, they do, they do go away sometimes if we don't catch it right away, you know, and then <laughs> there are some experiences that you wouldn't forget no matter what happened. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but this, this knowledge stuff is um, uh, gradual. It's gradual. And it's both um, in content and in energy that it's coming with us. So um, we want to bring it in that way, whether it's words, art, painting, what you yeah. saw, music that you hear, uh, things like that. Um, do we go to that place when we when we dream, when we go to sleep? People believe that we leave our body uh, every night whenever we go into that, that realm. Uh, most people do. Uh, I wouldn't say it's every single time, but most of the time, um, uh, there's a lot of people who do it without having any awareness of it at all. Um, and that's okay. It, um, it's, you know, it's nice when you start uh, retrieving some consciousness of the event, because then you start understanding how the evolution of, of the soul actually works and you can start working with the process rather than against it. Um, I see a lot at night with, the angels will be moving from, you know, from soul to soul, sleeping soul to sleeping soul and making little energetic adjustments um, with them on their on their spirit body that is going to help them with some type of issue in their life or even if they're trying to have more spiritual attunement to, to help them to reach that. So there's a lot of assistance that we receive um, all throughout our lives, whether we're aware of it or not. That's awesome. Um, you've had encounters where um, you've been in these higher states of consciousness, leaving your body, and you've had encounters with, with Jesus, correct? Yes, I have seen, um, I have seen Jesus. And um, a lot of times, <laughs> uh, so uh, I remember seeing him one time in the city of New Jerusalem, and it was real beautiful. It was uh, actually, it was a healing experience at the time. He had this ball of light in his hand. City of New Jerusalem is so beautiful because it's golden roads and pearl and emerald buildings. And um, usually when I'm allowed to go there, it's to visit the Palace of Ancient Knowledge, which is a library of sorts of ancient sacred texts. Um, but this time he had a ball of light in his hand and he gave it to me. I was very sick at the time had been for a while and um i was given a lot of help for a good period of time so that i could do some works that he wanted me to do um, i've seen him in many different ways i've had experiences where i was taken back in time to uh, uh, kind of like observe the time of the last supper and observe the time of the crucifixion um observe the time when he was being born um uh, you know, and then a lot of different times where he um, 
he he's the one that usually comes in to help us when we're dealing with spiritual warfare as well. Yeah. Him and like St. Michael, the archangel and the archangels come in and blessed mother does that as well. Um, so I've seen him many, many times in many, many realms. Um, I actually have one book that's entirely devoted is called visions of Jesus and the saints. Um, Cause there's so many times. Uh, one of the things I definitely tell people is that, I know who Jesus is, not just because I believed it, but because I've been shown his standing and his, what, where he stands in heaven. And mm. he, he is who he said he was. Yeah. And um, it's amazing how he condescends to, to us and to continue to teach us knowing his station yeah. and his, his, great height you know <laughs> you know what i mean his great height but yet he condescends to us little people you know it's 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 always extremely humbling when that kind of thing happens and yeah Let's i've heard say, other people have experiences like that as well and it oh, yeah. seems you know <laughs> there's a um a sense of protection when you're guided by the holy spirit and led by jesus because there's a sense of protection I think needs to be there, especially from a religious background, because there's some fear there. This is right. new to a lot of church people. They've never heard of this or they've been told to stay away from it. That belongs to the new age. It's uh, a child of God should not participate in things like this. There's a w understanding out there as far as that goes. But knowing who Christ is, there is no fear if you're led to go into those realms because he essentially first of all created it right he's there he's right. guiding you leading you and showing you and i don't recommend going anywhere not just in the astral realms but i'll say i don't recommend going to the store without the holy <laughs> spirit and christ with you right you know no, so I agree. Um, there's you know there's a protection there so that we can explore and and asking for for god to cover you jesus i'm asking you whatever if you're new to it you don't really know what it looks like to exp experiment there and asking Jesus, asking God to show you what it is that you have for me in that realm and let me experience the depths of you in that realm. And and all that fear just leaves because you're protected as you go in. Yeah, you are protected as you go in. Um, I do have quite a few books that um, will give you guidance as to how to deal with any spiritual warfare that you might run into on the way because we do have the principalities and powers of both good and evil. And so as you go into uh, out-of-body experiences, at some point you may uh, be taken into some of the, the other things that are not as pleasant, but you always call on Christ and he always comes. Yeah. Um, you definitely want to have Christ's protection for all of it um, for a lot of reasons. One reason would be that spiritual warfare. Another reason would be, like we, I just mentioned earlier, the astral realm is actually the fourth realm, which is kind of like an overlapping of the third, third dimension that we live in. So that contains a lot of souls that are wandering or lost. And so you need to have Christ's protection in order to uh, not be deceived, so to speak. When you're talking to just random souls on the astral plane, you know, they could tell you just about anything, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, one of the things you want to remember is always ask them, did Christ send you to tell me this? Because there's eternal laws in place in the out-of-body travel realms. Yeah. 
wherein if someone is not speaking for Christ and you specifically discern that, um, they can't lie. They're not allowed to lie about it. So if you're, if you're running into a, like a, a darker source that's posing as an angel of light, they can often morph into what they really are and they leave. If you're talking to a soul that's just lost or wandering, they might look down, be a little embarrassed, and but they'll turn and walk away if that's not the case. So there are ways that you can discern what you're receiving in the, in the spirit. And that's very important too, because uh, the discernment of spirits is also a gift of the spirit. Mm-hmm. And that's important in the out-of-body travel and mystical states. This is um, something that's growing uh, in the Christian community, right? There's a lot more Christians who are finding obscure scriptures that kind of tend to leaving the body or um, operating in the heavenly realms on earth as it is in heaven and having access to those realms. So this is something interesting that a lot of the church is embracing now and, um, you know, going to, you know, meeting Christ in, in the heavenlies there they even talk about doing court cases in, in, in the heavens and put in, in fighting spiritual battles in, in those realms and things like that. I've never experienced that per se, but there's a lot of people who are really big into that. It's a growing movement of, of Christians who are, who are going to the heavens to uh, operate in court cases with, with <laughs> for like, maybe strongholds or demonic possessions <laughs> over people or family lineages. I don't really know the depths of it, but it's a growing movement. There's a lot of people who are into that, which is really interesting. Um, when it, when it comes to, you're talking about you've been given access to different realms at times. Do you set the intention before you go in? Do you know where you're going? Do you have access now to say, okay, my goal is to go to, you know, the new Jerusalem, my goal is to go talk to Jesus in the third heaven or go visit Michael. Do you set an intention before you go or do you go in and it's like, okay, come whatever may, let's just take this journey together. How does that look as far as setting intention about what realm you're going to go to and what information you're going to deal with? Well, the, um, the only intentions that I'll send set would be in relation to what I'm praying for at that particular time, I have a, a prayer ministry and I keep the prayer requests that people have. And so I will be praying for those people. And um, I, I never tell or ask God to take me anywhere in particular um, that I'm remembering. You know, there may have been some random night where I was like, mm-hmm. oh, please, you know, but I'll <laughs> tell you why. <laughs> I'll tell you why. There's a real good reason why, because I learned very early on that um one of the things that does seem to uh, uh, hold people up, hold people back, is this desire to control the experience. Yeah. And what we have to remember is that God God is God, and we are just a, a little tiny thing here. We, um, if we, if we want to put our own intentions on it, um, then we're going to miss out on so much because uh, God knows what we need to see. God knows what there is to see, <laughs> you know, worse, you know, uh, I learned very early on that um, letting God determine where he wanted to take me next would allow me to travel to much higher, finer frequencies of vibration and 
and learn and yeah. uh, you know because the reality is is that you know we're we're being taken there to learn various things and uh, as human beings we think we know what we need to learn but we really really don't and so if we allow god if we surrender to god's will in this process we are allowing for us to uh, be taken to what we actually need to learn that we yeah. may never have heard of before. Exactly. You know, we, we may not, you know, might not ever occur to us an entire life, you know? And so that is the reason why I don't set that intention. But what I do is I, I, you know, I pray a lot. And so I pray a lot. And then if God determines that he wants to take me in to help a soul who's crossed over or help a soul in the subconscious state at night, then, then he does that. Um, or if he wants to take me somewhere, I couldn't have thought up in a million uh, years, he does that, <laughs> you know, so um, I find that, you know, I has not seen nor ear heard what God has created um, in the hearts of his faithful. It's, it really is that way. Um, the, the worlds that exist are truly infinite. Um, there is so much more than we could ever imagine. Um, and so uh, it's so much better for the person who is seeking this, especially if you know, you're seeking this because you want to grow spiritually. You know, you know, some people will do the things where like, okay, you go sit in one room and I'll sit in another and you tell me what's on this piece of paper. Mm -hmm. That's great. But, um, but it's, but it really, it's, it's just a psychic experiment. It's not a knowledge experience. Um, it's more like I, remote viewing or something, correct? Well, that's, it's also, you know, psychics will do that or people will talk about having an out-of-body experience and traveling to their house and looking at it and then telling them. You know, and so it's it's more where they're getting a grounded perception of the spiritual gift. Um, and I think that most people, when they understand the true potential of the spiritual gift, which is that out-of-body experiences hold keys to all of the reasons that we're here, all of the things that God put us here to learn, to obtain, and to understand then we, we approach it from a very different place because we want to advance in the spiritual life. We want to advance closer to God and closer to Christ um, rather than it's no longer a grounded material world kind of thing. Um, and so, you know, I treat it with a great deal of respect because it is, it is that, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's something where, you know, as you as you um, frequent those realms or you frequent that practice, you get better at it. Your faith gets built. And so maybe somebody's faith just allows them to ascend out of their body in their room. And then, yeah. you know, once they get good at that, then they can go up higher. Because I'll right. tell you, a lot of times when I'm in, in, intentionally trying to do it, I snap back to my body instantly. You yeah, know, whether I'm, I'm I, whether I'm leaving my body when I go to sleep, I have those falling encounters or the jumping encounters and I can feel myself snapping back into my body. And I have some meditation practices that I do where I'll leave my body out through the crown chakra. But early on, the the, the way it feels, it's kind of weird when you first feel it and it, you kind of wake up. 
you know. Mm-hmm. So once you you actually have to get used to those sensations before um, you can kind of go through that process and get get used to it and kind of um, initiate it on your own. But I like what you said about just being open to what God has for you and letting that be your intention. May, that's yeah. the best mm-hmm. intention. Come whatever yeah. may, Lord, whatever you have for me, I want the depths of all that you have. I want to know how the heavens work. I want to know if there's whatever's going on and just allow me to receive it. And um, and you can. And, and, and your mind will be blown. Again, uh, Jeremiah 33, 3. Call unto me, I will answer you. I will show you great and mighty things which you do not know and cannot find out. There's a difference there, especially when we're bringing God into the mix. There's a difference there of reading all of these ancient books and ancient manuscripts that have a great deal of mysticism and occult knowledge and stuff. There's a different knowledge there that we have with experiencing it through God, experience it through Christ. There's a knowledge that puffs up that you get this knowledge and you're kind of hoity-toity with it. You're lording your knowledge over people. But there's another knowledge through experience with God that um, it's it's that true gnosis, that a knowledge through through experience and, and, and knowing that no one can take away from you, like you said. So that's the best way to do it. You know, just having that, that yeah. hands-on in, in encounter and uh, asking God to, to show you because he wants to. It's there. Yeah. It's yeah. And, you know, there's some things that, um, you know, not only are there many, many things in the out-of-body travel states that are really indescribable, but there's also things that really pertain to us individually that are really important things. You know, I refer to energetic truth, and these are some of the most important experiences that we'll have because God is able to show us something within ourselves that we need to um, start working towards altering that we might not see in any other way, but he shows it to us in its energetic truth, you know, because human beings by nature, we, we are very easily self-deceived, you know, we deceive ourselves. And so when it's shown to us in these out-of-body experiences, we are seeing something as it truly is laid out before us. And that is, experience in and of itself makes it uh, so much easier when you return to your body to actually then address whatever it might be. And, you know, in my experiences that has happened, you know, I've been doing this for, oh gosh, well over 30 years, you know, that has happened many, 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 many times. You know? um, and what happens is, you know, this is how God cultivates us. Um, by uh, showing us ways that we can improve and ways that we may not be living out a life like Christ that he wants us to live. Mm-hmm. It, um, it refines us in the fire, the purifying fire, you know, little piece at a time, little piece at a time. Um, and that's very effective um, over time. Of course, you know, we all remain, um, we all remain, you know, naturally, fallen creatures so we we forget things or we (laughs) we we do things again or whatever but but we become more aware of them so that we're we have more of an ability to alter them because we are aware of them that just becoming aware of something within ourself or within our world uh you know infinitely alters uh, the possible trajectory of change you know uh, because a lot of us without um any type of out-of-body experience or other type of spiritual gift would not 
even address it if you don't first see it. And so when God allows us to see, um, he allows us to see our own soul through his eyes, it's very, very powerful. I mean, you can't ignore it. <laughs> it's, 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 you know, it's like, okay, I guess um, I don't really have any explanation for that, except that it's true. So I'm going to work on it. <laughs> and, you know, and you know how the human, the human mind operates. We're always saying, well, um, you know, well, it's not that bad or it's not important or whatever. But what we realize is that all these things come together and are, are very important because that's why we're here. God put us here for this journey where we can purify ourselves, become more aware, become more Christ-like, be more mm -hmm. like him. And that takes time and energy and effort and um, a lot of humility because, uh, because we will be we will be seeing the truth and the truth is not always easy to see about ourselves, about mm. other situations and things like that. So, so you, do you think that, uh, this whole fellowship thing, uh, with the spirit and, and the astral travel or, uh, you know, just leaving the body, um, or just that fellowship with the spirit is something you should do daily or just should it, should it not be, should it be something that you do frequently a daily experience or maybe once a week or once a month, how often should somebody seek out these type of encounters and experiences? For me, some of the ones that are really profound may take me a long time to really decipher that information. And a mm -hmm. lot of times it's kind of a key to unlock the next level of this That's inward true. sanctification. Hey, I got some things I want to show you. You got to forgive these people. You have to release these people out of your life. You need to repent of these things, get it off of you. And when you do, come back and we'll go higher. And that's how it's yes. been for me. How was that for you? And, and how often should we try to tap in like that? Well, um, like you said, you're going to have the more heightened experiences and then you'll have lower level experiences in between. Now, they're, all good. My... they're all good. At least all <laughs> yes. of them are good, though, right? Yeah, they're all good because it's all part of it, you know? Um, all these little tweaks are so important. Um, for me, um, I, uh, at this point in my life, and for many, many years, basically since it began, um, I seek out, I hope to have those experiences every night. And I usually do just because I seem to be called in that way. Yeah. You know, I don't think that everyone should feel like pressured that they should be having it every night because it's, you know, we all are called differently. I think that um, for me, it, it's very similar to what you described. You'll have you'll have some experiences that are just really grand, and then in between smaller experiences. And then there's always um, I wrote about in my books as well how um, you know when you have certain types of experiences that there is some type of breakthrough coming because you can you start feeling it you know what it looks like um, the kinds of signs and steps that you're taking it means a breakthrough is on its way you're just not there yet and that helps you to be patient with the process I think it's really important for uh, people and Christians who are seeking the experience to feel very comfortable in whatever their calling may be if um, you know if they're very called to be in the spirit-filled meetings they should feel comfortable doing that. Um, uh, if they're very called to uh, prayer, you know, um, in the Out of Body Travel Foundation, we have several people 
who are just really highly called to prayer and we use them as our prayer warriors. Um, we all have these unique callings and our out of body gift is uh, generally meant to complement it. But um, in a lot of cases, the out of body travel gift becomes a really important tool of discernment because that is how we are able to see things as they really are through the eyes of God when the energetic truth is revealed to us, not just about ourselves, but about a situation um, or a series of situations or something going on around us in our families or friends. And those things can be very, very important because sometimes how things look on the ground is not at all what's really happening. And so mm. it gives us a great deal of insight. So for me, I, I, uh, I engage in that search every single day and then I just let God decide, you know, <laughs> that's good. You say that. Cause like it, you're literally ascending and you kind of position yourself in this way that you get to kind of sit with God or sit with Christ and ascend up out of your body and look down at your situation and, and look at it from a <laughs> third party perspective you know, yeah. you take your dog out to fight and, and you get to look at your situation, whatever you're going through um, and stop judging yourself, stop beating yourself up and really hear what God says about you and the yeah. ungodly beliefs and things that we have just come to believe over time that we're not good enough, that we're always going to be broke, that nobody loves us. We're never going to get married. It's just weird things people believe about themselves and they it becomes part of their identity but spending time in that realm you're refreshed and renewed in god's presence and you look down at your situation and say okay i know what i gotta do i see what i've been doing wrong so you be able to look at yourself from an, a loving standpoint and from an unbiased standpoint which is beautiful too so you get like a fresh perspective a, the, the true perspective of that situation and uh and and sometimes maybe even shown different outcomes if you were to do things right. like if you would Very have responded so. with hate you would have destroyed everything that i've been building in you and through you if you would have mm -hmm. done this you would be here and you kind of get to see those things and see how the steps of the righteous are ordered by the lord and i'm in these seasons and situations for a reason that god is creating something beautiful within me and you get to kind of see that and say okay i see what you're doing and that you talking about these these essences that we receive and it's like, okay, I'm gonna trust you. Even though I don't mm -hmm. know what you're doing, I see what's going yes. on, I trust you because my steps are ordered by you. I'm submitting everything to you in my life and I'm trusting you. So it's just we get to visit those realms to really get that perspective about our life. Um what are some things that people can do to uh, enter that trance state, to leave their body and go into these ecstatic experiences with Christ, with God and what he has for them. Is there a preparation? Do, do you do it before sleep? Should it, is there a specific time that you do it? What can people do? I do, I do it before sleep primarily, but um, uh, I have a series of nine books on the how-to and each one of them takes you a step further in the, in the correct direction. But, you know, when you're just starting out, the things that you're going to want to be thinking of are meditation and prayer um, and meditation to the point where you are meditating for up to three hours an afternoon. Now, I know some people can't do that or an early evening, whatever your work schedules are. The reason for that is in the beginning, it takes a little bit longer for the soul to reach the uh, vibrational state or the state where this can occur. 
you'll see that as as you perfect this, uh, it'll go faster. But you know, literally, I've been doing this for about 32 some years. Um, in the first five, six years or whatever, it's going to be different than it is in the succeeding years. Um, so I, the, the meditation for me is, you know, you can do whatever kind of meditation you want, but for the out-of-body travel state, a lot of what you want to do is the emptying of the mind, leaving it quiet because your prayer time is going to be communicating with God. Your meditation time is going to be allowing God to speak to you. So you just want to be as quiet as you can, but I like to throw in um, the mindfulness suggestions, which is if a thought comes in, you don't freak out about it. You just, um, you know, send it off, <laughs> you know, okay, had that thought. And then, you know, Bob, and that makes it easier because you don't obsess about, oh no, I had a thought, you know, because you're <laughs> going to have thoughts that were like that. Um, <laughs> but you're trying to quiet things, create stillness and um, the meditation that I suggest is flat on your back, whether it's on a floor or on a bed. And the reason for that is, um, you know, a lot of people will do the sitting meditation. But if you're doing this to achieve an out-of-body travel experience, if if you actually get close and you're sitting, you're going to roll over and then it's over. <laughs> you know? yeah. So you're going to so you want to be in a position where if you enter into the vibrational state, your body is in position to do this. So that's why I always suggest that. Um, there are a lot of other things too. Um, there's a book uh, at my website at outofbodytravel.org uh, named Come to Wisdom's Door. It's the first of the how-to books and it talks a lot about the signs and, and things that you will see as you're progressing closer to having the out-of-body experience, um, colors, sensations, things like this, but it also talks about the proper mindset to be in. And it's a very, that one is a very short book. The other ones following it are a little bit heftier reads, but this one is very quick to get you right in the space where you're ready to get going. Um, it's going to talk about the importance of being um, completely surrendered to the will of God, um, having a, um, a right full intention, you know, an intention of, I want to do your will, Lord, not mine. I want mm -hmm. to serve you. I would like to purify myself. I would like to purify this world in whatever way you might call me to. So having the, the right intention, but there's a lot more in that, that will give you the foundation stones. All the books at our website are freely downloadable. So you can read all of our books right at the website if you want. Um, you can also get them in all the other formats. So um, that is uh, where I would start with that. And I usually have people read The Mysteries of the Redemption, a treatise on out-of-body travel and mysticism, along with Come to Wisdom's Door when they're just starting. And there's reason for this is because for whatever reason, when I was writing The Mysteries of the Redemption, I was told by the guardian angels that they were programming it with a certain type of energy that would make it easier for people to have these experiences. And a huge amount of my readers have um, told me that they just started having spontaneous experiences while reading both yeah. of those books together. And so it seems to be a way where by becoming aware of it, by hearing about it, by it becoming possible in your own mind, that it, that it, catapults the idea that this is possible and um, and it and it happens for a lot of a lot of people that way 
And so you want to pull that in too. And it also will, you know, gives you a lot of guidance along the way about the teachings that you're given about how things work, but also certain energetic laws that apply to all of us. Um, so you're going to learn a lot by just starting with those two. And we have a ton more books there. They're all downloadable for free. So, uh, and my email is at the top of the website. You can send me an email if you have any questions. Um, but generally it, it's a lot of prayer and meditation. Mm-hmm. And, and it's very important that you're flat when you're doing the meditations so that you're ready to go. Um, there's going to be some guidance about the fact that you mentioned earlier about how you can jump back into your body. A lot of discipline of the mind is, is a, some of the processes that we go through in the out-of-body experiences so that, and this happens to everybody, so no one should feel bad about this. When you first start having the experiences, there are a, a, a lot of different responses that can send you right back into your body. Yeah. So like if you are afraid, you'll go. You know, <laughs> That's happened to me you, a bunch. Yeah, literally. Feel like somebody, something's watching you and you're like, open the eye. Hold on. What's, what's oh, no. Yeah, and then you have, <laughs> um, you have situations as well where the uh, if you're just so excited, you're like, oh my God, I did it. And it's like, you know. Um, and so one of the things you learn to um, do is to uh, kind of tone that down. Okay, next time I go out, I'm going to try to hold that excitement level so that I can very carefully do this. Other things that people will experience too, and I wrote about this in the Mystical Captive series, is people have sexual sensations. And um, if, um, if you experience that, go directly to the Mystical Captive series, because this is normal too. Um, what you're going to want to learn how to do is move through that energy. Because what happens with a lot of people, they get stuck there um, because it, it holds them back. But there is a way for you to move above into the higher blissful ecstatic spheres. It's a normal reaction for some folks to have um, uh, an energetic reaction in the lower systems of the body, you know? And so it's, it's very, very common. Um, ironically, even in like uh, remote viewing, they talk about people having this kind of thing. So it's just the way energy moves through the body and you learn to channel the energy differently so it no longer blocks you. Because what will happen is if it happens in that area, it'll block you until you can move through it. There's a lot of things. There's a lot of things to learn. But um, it's what's really awesome about the experience is um, you will you will be taught everything that you need to know Mm -hmm. as you go. And um, it's a real fascinating journey to take as well. It's truly the journey of a lifetime to understand God, understand our Lord. You know, it's, it's beautiful and awe-inspiring and no words, you know. <laughs> um, I got so many questions out of that little rant there. Um, <laughs> one thing I just want to comment on is the fact that you said that people, uh, by reading the books, by listening to a podcast like this, I get, mm-hmm. those, I get those messages all the time. I do music that talks about this stuff. Like I said, I just released a song called Leaving My Body. <laughs> and it's in, we have a video <laughs> for it and everything. But people will listen to that and it will facilitate uh, those encounters and it will birth something within them. It will spark 
this sense of awe and wonder and I want to do it and God is so beautiful and there's so much to the depths of God and who he is. So it, it creates something like that. And it essentially goes back to the, the scripture that says faith come by faith comes by hearing and hearing yeah. by the word of God. And that when you hear something, you hear a testimony and say, so, okay, if they did it, then I can do it. And they won't care. Exactly. So how, what are these techniques you do? What works for you? So they want to know more. So it just builds their faith as they're able to hear these things. And it un, un, unlocks something within them. And it's so beautiful. Um, you One thing about- I'd like to say about that is, you know, a lot of people ask me, why do you think you were chosen? And I tell them, why would you think I'm chosen? Uh, you know, I'm not chosen. I was given this particular gift, probably if for, if for any reason, to let everyone know that God chooses uh, all of us. You know, he's chosen all of us. He created us. He wants us for his own. And that's why he allows us to have experiences that bring us closer to his heart. You know, and we, you know, and I bring that up because people often think, okay, well, if she can do that, that must mean she's chosen and it's not the case what it means is that it is possible for all of us mm-hmm. it means that this is just something that is being made we're, be, we're being made more aware of it at this time in our human history so that we can utilize it in our quest to understand and know our god better i think so too um you're talking about some people want to sit down like the buddhist monks and meditate Maybe you can start like that, but eventually get into that relaxed state where you're laying down so you're not going to fall over, so you don't have right. to worry about balancing yourself. You know, you can really let go. Um, have you ever tried um, to meditate and leave your body in a sensory deprivation tank, a float tank experience? Have you tried that yet? No, I haven't. I've oh, never been goodness. in one of those. Oh, <laughs> you got to do it. You got to do it. Do you, do you know what they are? I don't. <laughs> okay. Well, they, yeah, they're, they're actually growing in, in um, popularity, but they're a, there's different, there's different ones, but it's essentially this box or this thing that's kind of shaped like an oval. And so it's, uh, it's mixed with uh, water that's like 98 degrees or whatever, which is the same temperature as your body. And so they heat the water up to the same temperature as your body. And it's mixed with like 800 pounds of salt so that you float in it. And so really when you get in this water, it's the same temperature as your body. So you don't feel the water and you're floating. So you're laying wow, on, you're laying in this water floating. <laughs> so you don't have any outer sensory input. You know, okay. you don't, you don't have to worry about balancing your body. You don't have to worry about anything. And so it just, it, it's, it creates a whole nother experience. And I've done it a couple of times and had some really powerful encounters by doing that. So float tank experience, uh, sens- sensory deprivation tanks, really cool and you should definitely try it in there and i mean they're they're popping up everywhere so it's something that's growing in popularity one thing also you mentioned that's debatable for a lot of people i actually agree with you 100 percent. but this notion of quieting the mind and getting those thoughts out the way um there's guided meditations that people do which are powerful and i i would i would recommend starting maybe with a short guided meditation that's that can help you but eventually, once that meditation's over, then start clearing the mind, pushing that stuff out the way. Most of my beautiful encounters have been done that way of pushing all those thoughts. But you have these things that come to you. 
I got to do the yeah. dishes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, where, where's my friend from second grade? What's he doing in life now? You know, you got all these weird, you know, and you, you're laying out, you're thinking about like, how does a washing machine work? You know, and you, there's all these <laughs> yeah. thoughts that are coming in. And, and a lot of people say, well, those thoughts are there for a reason. You shouldn't push those out the way you have to. The, that's the experience. These thoughts are being shown to you. I don't really agree with that. I'm with you on keep pushing that little stuff out the way. You know, but sometimes yeah. there's a, there's this notion where where the dishes do come into play. And I'm thinking about the, the sink of dishes that I have to do. So I try to like do all my chores and get all my stuff out the way. So I that do that too. I do that too. <laughs> so I so don't that think it, about it. It doesn't come up. You're like, man, I got that sink of dishes and I'm in here laying down trying to go ask for I know I'm going to think about them. Yes. Push, do do <laughs> exactly. your chores, push that stuff out the way. But I'm with you. Focus on the, you know, the blackness that's there. Yes. It's just like a clean slate. Focus on that. Some people say focus on a flame, focus on this, focus on that. It's debatable. A lot of people don't really agree with that. They'll tell you, even I've heard the Christians, the Christian realm say like, uh, you know, you, you should meditate on the Lord. You shouldn't empty your mind. If you, There's this weird notion that emptying, emptying your mind would fills you with demons, which is not true at all. Getting all those thoughts out the way to say, okay, Lord, what do you want to show me? The dishes, okay, this, that, that. Get all that little bitty stuff out the way, which is your mind. It's the carnal mm -hmm. mind that we have to get yeah. past so that we can see the deeper things that God wants to show us. And eventually, once you keep pushing it, okay, focus on the blackness. Push it. <laughs> focus on the blackness. For me, and this is something that happens for me, a light appears. Yes. And the light begins to move around. It feels like the light is pulling me into a deeper trance, almost like a pendulum swinging. It's almost like the light of the Holy Spirit appears to bring me deeper into the trance. And then on many occasions, I've had this, the Holy Spirit floods the room. Other times I'll get up and I'll start dancing. I'll have music on in the background. I'll start dancing and I can feel the Holy Spirit all over my body dancing with me and it's just mind-blowing mind-boggling i've had those encounters other encounters just take you deeper into the realms but it's like you pass this this threshold maybe to prove that you really want it i think there's this there's this proving thing that happens like okay i really want to know do you really want to know or do you really want to play video games do you really want to yeah, know or you do you really, really want are you to... really willing to do the put in the time and the effort and the discipline yeah, because, it, uh, you know, especially in the beginning, for most people, it takes some time. Um, you know, for me, the the there's a lot of similarities there. I wanted to mention the whirling dervishes when you talk about the dancing. I'm sure you've heard of them, the Sufi mystics. Yeah. And that's actually part of their mystical experience. Um, for me, when I'm doing the quiet, it's all about silence and stillness. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it was different for me in the beginning. In the beginning, it was a whole series of processes that are laid out in, in the books. But now, you know, as time, as time goes on, the, the experiences alter and change. And so literally just being in the stillness can bring on a vibrational state. And I may have absolutely no inclination or desire to leave my body because I'm literally bathing in the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. It's um, so cleansing and so refreshing. And it's one of my favorite things yeah. in the whole world to experience. And so it's not about, there's no, 
you're not um, you're not discarding Christ. You're you are just being still and staying in the silence, which is something that Jesus did a lot too. He he went and prayed in quiet, and um, and that's what we're doing: praying in the quiet. And um, there's a lot that can happen in that in that quiet. We forget that if we're always pushing our own images of stuff onto things, it can actually block us from having experiences. Whereas if we're clearing the, the space, then yeah. we're actually allowing the Holy Spirit to come in and, yeah. and do its thing. <laughs> I shared that's a scripture. So hard. We forget that we're not the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit to tell uh, to do what he does because we don't know how to do it. We can't do it. We're not, you know, part of the Trinity. <laughs> I shared a scripture this morning. And I think this ties in. Um, it's um, Isaiah. Let's see. Isaiah forty thirty one, And this ties in. But it says, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. There's your soaring, your flying part, yes. right? Waiting <laughs> on the Lord is getting getting in the spirit, in the stillness, and waiting. The Bible says, peace, be still, and just know that I am God. Just oh, the essence of that. that. I just got a slam of energy. Wow. I feel it too. And it says, <laughs> just, it says wait upon the Lord. Don't wait upon nothing. the Lord. Wait That's exactly what you're doing. You're like, I'm, I'm here, Lord. I come to do your will. You know, you're like little Samuel saying, I hear you. I'm yes, Lord. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it says they uh, shall mount up with wings as eagles. Wings there's, as eagles. there's your flying part. It says they yeah. shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. There's your your energy being restored unto you, your supernatural healing that's imparted to you. And there's so yeah. many scriptures, but that essence of waiting upon the Lord, we've got so much to do. We're busy people. We don't have time right. to wait. Uh, I got five minutes. I need a, I need a move of God. I need a <laughs> you know, encounter in five minutes. Story. This reminds me of a story I really haven't talked about much. In fact, I don't think I've talked about it on any other shows that I think is a really good example of this. You know, in 2001, I was diagnosed with um, cardiomyopathy and heart failure. And um, at the time, they thought I might need a heart transplant. So they typed me out for a heart transplant. And um, I, uh, I had some really powerful experiences over this last 18 years. But interestingly, I stayed in heart failure until about a year ago where um, my heart spontaneously healed, which is not medically possible. And um, I, you know, I've been speaking with some people, you know, I hear a lot from readers and stuff who are going through medical things. And one of the things they often struggle with is when I tell them, wait on the Lord, be still in the spirit. And I try to explain when I go into this silent place and I empty my mind, and I'm, oh, wow, I'm getting, <laughs> getting hit with the energy now. I, the spirit of God comes over me and I, I go in, I'm really getting hit here. Um, mm. I go into these vibrational states and I truly believe, I know I had fantastic and brilliant doctors. I know God worked through them as well, but um, over the years, there were a lot of these vibrational raisings and a lot of these energy things that would come over me during that meditation time. And I knew that it was healing because it's the energy is coming in. It heals your soul, but mm -hmm.
but then it comes in and it, um, it enlivens your cells of your body, which makes it more possible for them to heal. And sometimes healing isn't spontaneous. Yes. Sometimes healing is something that happens over a course of time. And nobody expected that because it's not medically possible. I shouldn't, you know, I shouldn't be alive according to statistics, but also I should have passed away some like five years after that. But it's 19 years later. And then not only am I still alive, all of a sudden spontaneous, well, well, probably not spontaneous. It was something that was being worked upon over many years. And all of a sudden it's better. And, um, this is, you know, one of the things we don't realize is that God can wait upon us in the stillness. We, um, you know, when we're so busy and running around the world uh, doing our things, well, we've got so much to do. You know, we forget that um, we're not leaving room for God to, to determine what it is that he needs to do or give to us because we're not giving him room to do it. And um, I think that these are important things because I hear from so many people who have a hard time. Oh, all I ever do is sleep. I don't want to do that anymore. And it's like, (laughs) you're going to do it in a different way. You're going to infuse it with prayer. You're going to infuse it with the silence and allowing God in at those times. And yes, it's probably going to take some time because there are, there are things that happen to us as human beings, illness wise or injury wise that require a lot of time, but God does come in that stillness. And that is when a lot of the spiritual healing is taking place because the Holy Spirit literally kind of blankets you. Do you feel this too? When you're, when you're experiencing oh, yeah. it's like a warm it's blanket, blanket, a blanket made out of love. <laughs> yes, absolutely. You never, you, you never want to come out of it. No. You're like, yeah. Oh my gosh, oh, I just want to yeah. here. You know, yeah. I just want to be present for the spirit of God. Because it's just such a wonderful, loving. Um, Everything's okay in that realm. You don't. You don't have to yes. be anybody else. You don't have to perform. Like, yes. I know we have earthly roles. I'm a father. I'm a breadwinner. I'm a podcaster. I'm, I have all of these roles that I have to be. But in that space, we move from being a human doing to really resting as a human being and we what's the bible says enter the rest of the lord amen brother absolutely Who needs it? For, it's just for everybody to enter right. into rest we all need it we come all come unto me it. all you who labor and are heavy laden and i will give you, you rest. rest that's what it is absolutely absolutely i love that the rest of the Lord. There's a uh, another scripture that's really near and dear to my heart. And we're, we're kind of mixing the two, but they go together. It's just entering they the sure presence do. of the Lord, entering the courts of the Lord, and leaving your body. And this is the, the, the avenue in which you do it. But Psalm 104, really good for me. This is, I teach this. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Enter into his courts with praise and be thankful unto him and bless his name. If you want to enter in a, a good thing on the outer courts of just kind of easing in, just start entering to his gates with thanksgiving. Start being thankful for everything in, in your life. Just existence. Thank you for allowing me to be here. Thank you, thank you for everything. You don't have nothing to be thankful for? Go down the list. Start breathing. Take a deep breath. <laughs> thank you for, your, for my breath you've given me. Thank you for my heartbeat. And just start moving out, just being thankful for everything. And it just changes the way that 
that you uh, approach it. And then it says you enter his course with praise, thanksgiving and praise and enter in with that. That's a great way to position yourself to enter into those heavenly courts. Thankfulness and praise. That is absolutely right on. I love it. I love what you did there uh, because that is, you know, and there's so much in the scriptures that give us these clues that we often miss, you know, about um, this is exactly how you go if you want to meet the Lord. And this is a perfect song for everybody. For Regarding, yes. So there's people here who say, I'm, I'm, we're getting a lot of people in the comment section of people of different faiths, people of different understandings, different backgrounds. There's even a, a guy who says he's a Satanist here. This is for everybody. God loves everyone. <laughs> and regardless of race or creed or doctrine or whatever you believe, this is for you. God wants to encounter you. He's not mad at you. He loves you. He wants to blow your mind. He wants to love on you. So this is yeah. universal. This is for everybody. It's not just for Christians. It's not just for new agers or whatever. It's for everybody to encounter the depths of God, I believe. Yes, I think that's very true. That Let me ask you true. this. So this is kind of a devil's advocate thing here. Sure. Just for the no fact problem. of like this notion <laughs> of like, okay, here, here's God. I sent you to earth. You have a mission. There's experiences that uh, I want you to partake in. I have a family that I'm wanting you to be born in and people are going to come and go. You're going to have trials and tribulations and mishaps. And this human experience that I sent you to, to uh, manifest in and you're here, but then we get a glimpse of where we came from and where we have access to. And we're, it's almost like we just want to go back. Let us, yeah. let us back into heaven. We don't want to be here, <laughs> you know? So part of me is just like, you know, we're supposed to be having this human experience. And so a lot of people will maybe even use that as escapism. And I'll be the first to say that the presence of God is my escapism. It's he is the strong tower. Like he wants yes. you to come there to hide from your enemies, to come there and seek counsel. You know what I'm saying? In these heavenly realms. But is there a notion that, you know, that, um, you know, there's people who are so heavenly minded that they're no earthly good. They really they, they have a lot of good game, a lot of weird theology in the heavenly realms, but they have no power, no renown in the earth. They can't really do anything here. Where does that come into play with the fact that people are, will always want to go to heaven? And is it OK? Because there's this weird notion that God's like, maybe stay out of here. I sent you to earth and you need to do your time <laughs> and then you'll be able to come back. Because I feel like maybe once we pass and we get to heaven, we may be looking down like, man, I wish I was still there. That was fun, you know? And so <laughs> I wondered that too. We're not going to be like, you know, we're all, the grass is greener. <laughs> you yes. Know? Well, I think a lot of people do experience that. And ironically, you know, in the past centuries and stuff, there have actually been instances where sometimes um, people would get so caught up in the fire of God that they would commit suicide to go yes. there. And that was a really bad yes. idea. Yes. Because we are here for a reason. Um, and it's it's normal, I think, when you experience this. I think every near-death experience that you hear about, or people are like, nah, I don't want to come back. Let me stay, you know. But if we are to be here, then we do still have things that we need to accomplish. And um, a human life is a gift. And so we don't want to waste it. Um, you had also mentioned, what was that other question that you had mentioned in there that I wanted to address? It was... Well, there's, if uh, well, there was a two-part question. Pretty much, if um, if it, 
you know, almost like we're not supposed to do it, like the devil's advocate, like you're not supposed, like why are we trying to ascend to heaven when that's oh, where we okay. came from yeah, and that's, that's where that we're you going? Are no, that you're, you know, you're to still be in present the heavens, here on no the earth. earth. So there's a few ways to, um, to uh, put this, quite a few actually, so I'll start here. First of all, in terms of our own human experience, there's, you know, this energy that goes from heaven to earth and it moves through us. Now, um, for instance, if if you're an atheist or really secular, whatever, it, it goes like this. Okay, so you're like cutting off that source. So it's really important that we keep the movement of the heavenly flow through us in order for us to move forward and evolve as human beings. Um, so the I guess the, the other side of that question, the other side of that devil's advocate question would be, you know, what good can you be if you cut off the source? You know what I mean? The source of how we move. Um, but then you also have to go into the power of prayer. Because, for instance, like in the Catholic tradition, we have monastic orders, like the Poor Clares of Perpetual Adoration, with the Benedictines, we have the Carthusians. And their vocation is specifically praying on the, you know, the liturgy of the hours on every hour of the day and night. And they literally pray without ceasing. Um in the out-of-body experiences that I've had and the mystical experiences, I've seen that prayer appears like lightning going from earth to heaven. Mm -hmm. and, um, and so we have to remember that when someone is really uh, engaged in that way in a great deal of prayer, something is happening. And so because most of us can't see it, Right then and there, we might be like, okay, well, then they're no earthly good. You know, they're not doing anything, but they are. <laughs> it's just, you know, the fact that it's unseen to most human beings doesn't mean that the energy isn't there. Now, there are people who get so caught up that they have trouble man managing like their daily lives. Yeah. And the goal of what we want to do is to create a balance where we are able to manage the requirements of our daily lives but also infuse it with prayer, keep that coming from the heavenly source. But it's also important to realize that we do have people who are really called to a profound life of prayer. And I think one of the things that those kinds of people share with me is that people tell them that, you know, that's stupid, that's pointless. Mm -hmm. But that's only if you really honestly don't believe in the power of prayer. And I have had the beautiful experience on innumerable occasions of seeing what prayer how prayer moves yeah. from earth to heaven from you know to the it's just a, a really amazing thing and so we want to remember that when people are very called to prayer they are uh performing a great act of service to us down here they're like holding space they're holding sacred space um, and in a time and an era where a lot of darkness still reigns around the world, we need people holding space for God. Yes. So it's it's an absolute necessity. And some people are called more in that way than others. And um, we want to honor that because we are not capable of understanding what God might be doing with them uh, in terms of holding his yeah. light, anchoring his light and his presence and love here 
on the ground on earth through that soul who just prays without ceasing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, there's there's a lot of uh, you know, uh um um warring going on in, in the church realm and in the body of Christ because some we're we're talking about realms and levels and dimensions and demons and, and other types of beings that exist that we've had encounters with that the normal average person doesn't even b- believe exist. And we've been maybe tormented by these entities or been in one of those realms or worlds in between. And people don't even know this stuff exists. So we start talking about this stuff. They look at us like we're crazy. And so everyone wants to be accepted. Everybody, especially if it's something that powerful, that beautiful, something that changed your life, you want to tell people, but then it almost, you move into a realm where you begin to throw your pearls before swine. And then we start getting rejected by our peers and getting laughed at and made fun of like that comes with it too, especially in the church realm. It's even, it's the worst there really. That's why we have to talk about this stuff. But, um, knowing who you are, you know what I'm saying? And knowing your, your experience and your reality and continuing to visit that realm. A lot of people leave the church because of this, because Mm -hmm. they're so in tune with the other realm that this realm have, you know, a lot in the church has kind of given up on them and just given them up to this because they don't understand it. Biblically, it says that the spirit of the prophet is subject unto the prophet like we have to get some understanding. You have young people. We have there's kids having these encounters that we're talking about, um, and they don't know how. They don't know what it is. They're being visited by ghosts. They're being pulled out of their body in the middle of the night spontaneously. They don't know what it is. And so if they can go to certain pastors or parents, they'll just tell them that it that's demons or we got some yeah. pills we want you to take. We want you to talk to a psychiatrist. And they're drugging the prophets and seers and putting them on Ritalin and all types of things like that. So that's why we kind of have to stick our necks out there and talk about this stuff because it's worth it. Because people are really going through having a hard time. And, and like you were talking about, suicide. The suicide yes. rate is up right now for many different reasons. But especially, I've had talks with those people. One one of the big ones is reincarnation that I've dealt with, that I've had mm-hmm. friends who've kind of considered um suicide because of reincarnation so i'm just going to come back i just want to try i want to try it again i'm done i've had enough my body my spirit i gotta i gotta push the reset button i'll come back i'll I'll cycle through and and they believe it i'm like no 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 that's not that's not the will of god for you at all that's a lie from the enemy (laughs) so people are considering it so we have to be vocal about this stuff we have to be the you know, the weirdos talking about it and then mentioning Christ in the same sentences, because when you're going through that stuff, the only thing that's going to help you is God and Christ, because all of those other spirits that we're being influenced by and they're out there in these realms, they have to submit to Christ. So yeah. that's why that's why you need to go with Christ. And that's why you need to enter the courts of heaven to get clean, to get washed off, to get refreshed and renewed in the spirit of Christ. So anything that's messing with you, lying to you, tormenting you, it must bow to the feet of Jesus. Know that that's the authority that you walk in. So everything's going to be OK. Everything's going to work yeah. itself out as long as you're going to God. Go, go yeah, to God. And that's, like get to get that relationship that. down. It's really important when you're talking about both the suicide 
and the reincarnation and that this is being this is something you're hearing about i unfortunately i have not heard about this but i'm glad you brought it up because it's really important um first of all you know i work a lot with souls who have committed suicide in the afterlife and helping them with their afterlife journey and trust me you don't want to go through that it's hard it's really really hard because human life is a gift but let me also point out Nobody can uh, guarantee that once you reincarnate, and that's assuming that will be allowed to you. Um, if you. If you do so, what happens if you come in and it goes worse or you lose your faith? Um, you know, for those who are thinking this way, just remember what a gift it is that you still have your faith. Because when souls incarnate into this earth, um, we come in with certain configurations and faith is a possibility, but how many of us have lost our faith either by the time we become adults or shortly thereafter, and then you're going backwards. And so here you stand where you have faith. That's the cornerstone. So despite whatever hardship might be going on or the difficulty knowing that that faith is present is a huge gift and you cannot assume that if you left this planet and you came back that you would have it the next time and then you could be literally going backwards and that is really really important um another yeah another thing i was going to bring up was you know um it was i think 2011 um i had a situation in in a church not where i'm at now but Um, where I was accused of heresy because of what I do. Mm -hmm. And I went through about two years of, you know, having to go through a lot of restrictions in the church and um, a lot of gossip, a lot of things that were pretty crazy and stupid, not well, (laughs) stupid in the sense that they had nothing to do with what I was doing, but you know how people misunderstand. And, um, and what eventually happened was um, I was exonerated. You know, they had people who were looking at my books. Um, but I completely understand how bad it can get. And it's very hard when you have experiences that are not within the framework that uh, the church can handle. Mm-hmm. But what I can say is that you can um, experience your faith in the church and you can also live out your private faith life. If you're not a person who's writing a bunch of books like I am, where you're kind of in the public eye on that, you can you can experience that privately and you find a pastor or a priest who is willing to give you direction and it very well might not be the first one that you meet. So you you be discerning and you talk to them and say, I have these types of experiences. I need to have some someone who can spiritually direct me uh, from that standpoint. So if you're having unusual experiences, you want to uh, seek out a pastor or a priest who is more receptive to yeah. that. Because you don't want to go back and uh, keep going back to one who is totally against something yeah. that's happening to you that you you really need actual guidance on even saint Teresa of avila said um a bad spiritual director was a could really mess up a soul because uh because there are souls who have 
these unusual experiences or what what at the time was thought to be unusual it's becoming more common um and so you need someone who is versed in potentially mystical theology and the ability to even just understand the the gifts of the holy spirit Mm -hmm. and is um not closed off to that yeah that's the type of person you want to talk to about these things yeah, it could be hard, and uh, we've we've had to go through that. I've went through very similar things, and um, I don't really operate in a lot of churches now because of that, because of my position and because of the type of podcast that I do. And they right. just, you know, I'll, 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 and the weird thing is I'll have guests on who have different backgrounds and theologies, and they think that I believe everything that that guest, they won't even do research on me. They'll do research on the guest and say, so you believe this? I'm like, no, I maybe believe some things we talked about on the show, but just because I had them on, I don't know about the years of research and study and what they did in the eighth grade. Like, I don't know. I don't agree with all that stuff, you know? So that's a really weird thing when it comes from a religious realm, but now it's paying off stay stay faithful stay steadfast now people are asking the bigger questions and so something that which i'm doing was laughed at mocked scoffed at pointed fingers you know and and been by myself and went down that that lonely road of the um the mystic uh now it's paying off now people want to know now they want to know more and they when other people are having those encounters and say hey go listen to truth seeker he's knowledgeable on this these things and so it's something that people are talking about so now it's popular but it came with a, a price like it right. wasn't it, it wasn't free it cost a lot and you had to make <laughs> yes, sure that you does. really believed it and make sure that this is where god has called you to as well so that's the, the thing about it well it, i think it's the, important the, too though to to acknowledge that it's, it's a very good thing in the eyes of God for those who believe in him to share amongst one another, even if we don't agree on everything. And that's, you know, because those are details. Those are details. The one thing we do all seem to agree on is God's basic nature, which is love. And that's where we communicate from, from that love. So, um, it's very, it's always a good thing when, even when we don't have the same views or just like you were mentioning different people who are listening, that we have these dialogues. It's a very good thing for us to do that. It doesn't matter that we don't agree on every single point or we don't even know which points we don't agree on. It, that's not important. The importance <laughs> is when two or more are gathered in my name, I am there mm-hmm. amongst them. Yep. And if you can agree mm-hmm. on that, that's the thing I'm in into now is finding what we do agree on and actually building upon that and hence we have yes. a beautiful conversation here i'm sure there's tons of things we don't agree on i don't care <laughs> whatever it doesn't matter um, but if i've been i mean there's reasons people don't believe things they haven't experienced it i mean you're yes. good i'm glad you don't you're you're that, that's not like if you just believe take everybody's word for it no i'm like doubting thomas like no there's this random guy who showed up and he says he's Jesus. Well, everybody knew that Jesus was prophesying that he was going to die. It was prophe- it was prophesied in the Old Testament all throughout the scriptures. And then we have a random guy on the scene saying he rose from the dead. He said, I'm not going to believe it until I stick my finger in the holes in his hands. And I, and I know that it's my Lord. No, trust me. It's him. Trust me. He said, man, you got to show me. I want to know. <laughs> so, I, I, you know, and, and it was weird because a lot of church people make fun of that. Oh, he doubted. He was doubting Thomas. You bet. You need to doubt. You just believe in anybody who comes out here with some truth to blow your mind. Be careful. 
you bought it. You, oh, yeah, I'll and how many of us, you know, really, we don't even know whether or not we would have done the same. Would we have been the doubting Thomas? Because we could have been, yeah. you know, we just don't know because it was such an unusual circumstance. It's something, you know, this is something that we knew about from the time we were born. But this was something that had never happened before in the history of mankind when uh, Thomas was faced with the risen Lord. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if we were in his shoes, we might have done the exact same thing. Yeah. You know? yep. I mean, he said that a lot of Christ would would raise up. He said, there's going to listen, there's going to be people coming saying that they're me. Don't believe them. <laughs> Thomas remembered that. He's like, listen, y'all. He told us that people were going to come and say that they're him and we shouldn't believe them. And he wanted to prove it, man. So, yeah, just believing anything that's all woo woo and out there just because someone sets it from a position of authority doesn't mean it's right. I, I wouldn't, you know, that's why we have a certain people that we, we, you know, we reach out to is the people who have had these similar encounters. They're trying to make sense of this stuff. What's right. happening? Okay, this is what's happening. I've studied it. I've devoted my life for this conversation. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. That's what it's I about. A um, couple more questions for you here. Um, if someone is getting into trance state, you know, we're wanting to have an out-of-body experience. We want to uh, encounter God in these deep mystical ways. What about burning sage, burning incense, crystals, prayer beads, rosaries, uh, different things like that? Can that stuff help us kind of enter those heightened states of awareness? And do you use any of them? I use pretty much all of them. This is Pangerbon. She wanted to say hello. Beautiful cat. She was named after um, she was named after uh, Saint Columba's cat, who was named Pangerbon. It means uh, white tiger. Anyway, <laughs> she's she's my little mystical kitty. I um, I used to use sage more, um, but I use a lot of incenses now, just because I'm particular about my scents. But mm -hmm. yes, I utilize all of them. I use sage as well. Um, I use waxes, melting waxes that have scent. Um, I uh, use candles. Um, I uh, use, you know, like reed diffusers. I've got one here, uh, essential oil yeah. diffusers. Um, I have rosaries. Um, I do think that all of these things are helpful. And I'll tell you why I think they're helpful. Uh, you know, I just figured this out recently. <laughs> But, you know, my meditations are deeper when I'm burning incense and I've got the waxes going and the diffusers going. And part of the reason I think that is, is because and I'm interested in, in hearing if you've had this experience as well. You know, when you're in some of these higher realms, um, there's a fragrance. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I even wrote a book called Fragrance Mysticism uh, <laughs> wow. based on that before I figured this out. But, um, you know, so. It almost seems to um, assist in breaking the uh, gap between this realm and, and those yeah. higher realms when I'm meditating. Also, I use I use the rosary. Um, that's pretty much my prayer bead thing. I have lots of rosaries that I, you know, so I pray a lot with those. Uh, I know Buddhists have their own rosary. Even Muslims have their own. Mm -hmm. It's they, they would probably not call it a rosary. It would be some kind of prayer thing that yep, they do yep, yep. like we do similar i think all of those in the catholic faith they're called sacramentals and um that means that they're things that remind us of god so you know like yes. even just little things like you know having these around i have yep. little things like this and the 
crucifixes around and most of my crucifixes are Benedictine. And uh, the reason for that is because St. Benedict was the father of, you know, exorcism. And so these are protection around the house. Um, you know, over the years, I've had to engage in a lot of spiritual warfare. That was part of what I was called to do. So I have different crosses around, but I, I always have a lot of Benedictine ones. Um, uh, you know, I, I utilize statues as well. I know a lot of people have different thoughts about that. Um, I just think they're beautiful. Um, and for me, they're a reminder of God. So I mm -hmm. have them out in the living room. I have Jesus up here um, with a lot of these holy things. Um, when I used to work at the church and um, uh, a lot of times when people would pass over and we were doing the funeral, the families would bring their stuff in, their holy stuff. And, um, and I was hesitant to uh, let any of that be just discarded. So I have a few things that I've kept from various parishioners that they prayed on for, you know, literally decades. And um, so um, I utilize crystals as well, not probably in the same way that other people might. I look at them as like amplifiers. Yeah. So I have certain types of crystals that are over here um, that are specifically for mystical travel. And I have different ones around the house, a lot of amethyst and quartz for the purification um, and I also have some of those, uh, uh, I used to live out in the mountains in Colorado and I moved about a year ago down here to Fountain Hills, Arizona. And I noticed that there was a lot that comes in from the big city. So I actually got some of those organite pyramids to knock out the uh, transmission yeah, the uh, energies yeah. from, from the local city. Cause it took a little adjusting to, um, uh, all those voices coming in the um, uh, the transmission energy you can feel it you yeah. know it's different it's different than when you're out in the woods so I do recommend uh, yep. and you kind of go with what what feels right to you and what works for your particular tradition you know yeah there's a lot of things I guess we can call it that kind of uh, hold or unlock the spiritual sciences with the body to kind of get the body ready to get into a more relaxed uh, state, uh, uh, induce you into a deeper trance state so you don't come out of it as easy by just <laughs> any little weird sensation. So yeah, uh, incense and uh, essential oils and things like that can all be I used. use like in my, in my diffusers, I use a patchouli oil and I use uh, in my waxes, I use a lot of lavender and lilac and Japanese cherry blossom. And um, there's a particular hem incense that I really like. Well, I actually like a lot of their incense, the cone incenses that they have. Um, they have like frankincense, they have myrrh. Um, they even have a sage scent, which is very authentic to burning real sage. I used to live in uh, Southern Calif Colorado where I could make my own sage bundles and I don't have that here. And so that's a nice replacement because they are very authentic sage um, cones. Um, so patchouli, um, rose, frankincense, myrrh, those are some of my favorite incense smells. And um, the lavender, lilac, and the Japanese cherry blossom on the waxes. And boy, it does. It creates an ambiance that allows for that mystical travel much more uh, freely. Now, what about 
musical tones or synth as well? Do you accompany that as well? These different frequencies that can take you to different realms as well. And it makes you even easier to travel if you focus on that certain pitch. Yes, I um, utilize a lot of them because I try a lot of things. But, you know, the biggest one, uh, I really love uh, Tibetan bowls. So I have a few CDs that I utilize with Tibetan bowls. Um, and then also, for me, one of the things that is the most effective, which might be surprising, is the natural sounds. So I have some of these CDs, you know, that are uh, just the desert oasis, the mountain oasis, the oceanscape, the thunderstorm. Um, because I'm trying to create stillness and become natural, it, those really help me too. But I do utilize the Tibetan bowls a lot. I like the uh, crystal bowls. Those are beautiful. And um, I have quite a few CDs with the various tones, the Hemi sinks, the um, things like that. Um, I don't use those as much. Um, but I think it just depends on each individual, what works for them the best. Yeah. Um, the, the Tibetan bowls have a sound for me that is very, very, uh, effective, very effective in the out of body travel, uh, experience. And then I really, really benefit from listening to natural scapes, you know, mm -hmm. where there's no, no, not necessarily any music in it. It's just the sounds like as if you are meditating Water. in the desert or meditating on the mountain, really helpful for me, uh, creating the stillness and I can go into some really excellent states and then travels with that. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Listening to the sounds of water, of wind blowing, all of that stuff. Uh -huh. can, um, and I do things, things too, you know, I have lots of things with, the, you know, praying the Holy Rosary and different Catholic devotions mm -hmm. because I'm Catholic and I, 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 you know, but, but when I'm meditating, I'm looking again for the stillness and those natural sounds, um, really work for me. <laughs> it's funny too, because just like the whole essence of those sounds and the essence of creation, um, the Bible has a scripture that says that if you cease to praise me, then these rocks will cry out and sing their praise. And I used to see a picture, it's a cartoon of a, a rock opening up like a mouth singing, pray, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, a mouth singing. <laughs> but understanding that like everything is vibration, everything is a yes. frequency and the frequencies have a tone. And so when we're talking about um, all of creation, let's just say the water, the, the, you know, that sound and resonance that it makes, the wind blowing. These are things that we can physically hear, but there's other things with special microphones that you can hear. The earth has a frequency and it has a pulse and it's singing yes. a song as well. Um, sh everything, trees, trees actually have these weird little binary beats. They sound like a drum, yes, a drum pattern. Too. The mm -hmm. earth almost sounds like um, a, a bunch of birds singing. And then it's mm -hmm. almost like the birds are singing their tune. And you were, and if we get into the stillness with God and we sing our song or we chant or we just join with that, that harmonious vibration that all of creation is singing its praises to the creator, that in, in and of itself can create a powerful experience for you. There's a couple chants that come out of the e Eastern tradition, comes from Hinduism, uh, that's like I'm, it's essentially... Um, I'm joining with the sun, the moon, the earth. I'm joining with all of creation to sing my praises 
to the creator and just in that notion with tones vibrations and frequencies it's a beautiful mystical experience just to, and, and, and yeah and you know that reminds me too like of the om mani Pemi hung and the gayatri mantra mm -hmm. i have both of those i burned off of the internet onto cd because i couldn't find them to purchase <laughs> and um those are very good for meditation uh for the same reasons you know yeah. when you're one of the things we always forget is that in the garden, it was only humankind that fell from grace. The natural world stayed within the, within the union with God. And so when we're you know, in the stillness and we're trying to unite with the energies of these animals and the plants and the earth, we're uniting with an energy that is still one with God. You know, and that's ironically why, why so many animals, they operate so well on instinct because they accepted the will of God yeah. for their particular life form. But when we're doing that, we're, we're kind of allowing ourselves to disconnect from any peaceful vibrations yeah. or unpeaceful vibrations from the uh, realm of humanity itself yep. and really joining with the choirs of angels and all of life that did not fall, you know, and that brings us to a really, really beautifully silent place, uh, you know, where where we understand the uh, the fact that being there in that moment and doing nothing is truly the best thing we can be doing at that moment. Yeah, you know? yeah, I know. Pe people, you know, we talk about waiting on the Lord, and a lot of people think that you know, waiting doesn't mean not doing nothing, anything. It, like, yeah. There's an act of mindful meditation as you're waiting and, and keeping your mind steadfast and, and, and the renewing of the mind and all, all of that stuff that happens. One of my favorite chants is the uh, Ramadasa, Ramadasa Sase Sohung. And that's the one we're joining with all of creation, the sun, the moon, the earth, joining with it that all to sing really the praise. Interesting. I hope, send me a link to, to that. The creator. Yeah, it's beautiful. <laughs> um, I like a lot of the Hindu chanting as well. And I have some CDs that I utilize um, and I utilize those a lot throughout the day, um, not as much during that I'm going silent phase, but mm -hmm. throughout the day, because it really keeps the energy all around me in a space that is very peaceful and useful for my work and for how I want my spirit to feel as i'm going about yep. my day you set the intention with the music and people are doing mm -hmm. that knowingly or unknowingly depending on yes. what they're listening to with music anyway. <laughs> yes. that's so just true turning on the radio you're just letting you know, anything we, yeah. speak into your life you know there's music that it. comes from above and there's music that comes from below up mm -hmm. yeah and that's just unfortunately a, a real truth mm -hmm. that's hard sometimes for people to um categorize but a good way to judge if something is coming from above, it's going to create peace. If something is coming from be below, it's going to create discord and it's going to stir things up. Whereas something coming from above is going to calm things down. So you can use your own discernment with those factors to determine if something you're listening to is actually uh, helping you in a good way or possibly uh kind of dismantling what you're trying to create in your practice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We talked about that a lot yesterday. Um, going back to something you said about the smell thing, which is really deep. And I want, I, want to, I want to check out your book on the fragrance there. But I've definitely encountered that. You can enter those heavenly realms 
and just be caught up in a static worship. And then for me, a lot of times the smell of honey or honeysuckles, this beautiful, sweet yes. fragrance, this, uh, this, 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 this honey aroma will arise. And it's just a sweet smell. Sometimes like maybe even like, um, like a cinnamon roll or fresh bread, even like you, that, out of nowhere, this smell just yeah. comes to you when you're in deep levels of prayer. And for, and God for me, smell I that. smell a lot of roses and a lot of different flowery type essences. I think I have a wax that's honeysuckle as well. And I mm. really love that scent. Yep. But you know, there is this scent in the higher spheres and they're different scents in different realms, you know? And um, what I have found is over time, I desired to bring the, that scent into my waking life because I would miss it. You know, I'd miss it when I was else when I was just down here on the ground doing what I do every day. And it was important to me to feel like I was still inhaling from the heavens, you know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I think yeah. ironically, that's probably some of what aromatherapy was originally oh, yeah. intended to do, you know. Yeah, there, yeah, there's smells just like songs or any type of sensory input that's mm -hmm. going to remind us of something or even bring us back into the realm like instantly yes like there's mm -hmm. certain smells of like a new car smell um there's there's a weird rubber band smell I and i remember the first time i smelled like you know what i'm saying a rubber band yes. that brings me back to my childhood like these different smells that bring you back almost like a portal or you hear a song and it brings you back as well so the smells are, are powerful as well so l having that essential oils or I mean, that's acting almost as like, you know what I'm saying, taking you back almost like a time-traveling device, almost. But there's, there's you know, with aromatherapy, there's different smells that you may have never even smelled before that right. get your body in that trance state. It relaxes you. I mean, shoot, when we're talking about um, lavender oil, when if you're having mm -hmm. trouble sleeping, put that on, that will get you into a trance state, drinking chamomile tea, like all of these little yes. things that you can do to kind of get in a relaxed trance state that there's spiritual sciences and technologies that were given to us as well. And you're talking about amulets or pictures or paintings of Jesus in and of themselves have no power, but it's about what it means to us. In the right. scriptures, they would have a, a mighty battle and they would overcome another nation and they would build a monument. They would build um, a structure that when they looked at it, it reminded them of overcoming that enemy that plagued them for so many years. And we have yeah. the same thing, whether it's I'm wearing the um, the um, uh, what is this symbol called the flower of life. And so oh, the okay. flower of life, when I see that, it represents something to me or it's the cross reminds to some people they see the cross as a torture device just as almost like the electric chair or something and they wonder why would christians wear the cross but for other people when they see the cross it reminds them that christ said take up your cross and follow me take up your cross you know that daily. is such an important point you know i wear um this is called uh the scapular of our lady of mount carmel it has jesus there on the front and the Blessed Mother on the back. And then I have a medal of St. Clair because I'm a big fan of St. Clair and I have her, St. <laughs> Clair. Um, but you mentioned the crucifix, which um, is so important in yeah. out-of-body travel. And I want to tell you why. Like, for instance, when I have been taken, the most powerful weapon against any demonic source 
is the cross of Christ. I remember when I was taken into a very deep uh, lower realm of hell, and this was um, a realm of hell where a lot of people who had practiced things like um, Satanism, but these were people who weren't um, ignorant. These were people who had consciously chosen it. And they were in this lower hell realm and they were trying to torture me. And they said, well, if you believe in Christ, we'll just go ahead and nail you to a cross. And they're trying to do. And the only thing that worked was I had to repeat over and over again, Christ crucified, Christ crucified. And you know what was really interesting about it was using that word Christ crucified caused the skin of the demons to burn. I was really surprised by that. And eventually they just had to pull away and I was, re I was relieved of the realm and was given comfort by Christ. Um, but the crucifix of Christ is really powerful against the demonic. Um, a lot of people don't realize that, uh, but that was their defeat. That was their defeat. And can't explain it. I guess I can just say it that um, uh, a lot of people will wrap a rosary around their hand when they mm -hmm. go off to sleep. And part of that comes from the fact that the crucifix and the rosary makes it more difficult for the dark or the demonic to bother you at night. And so, you know, the crucifix, even though people might say it's a torture device or something, it's also something so much more. It is the symbol of our redemption. Um, and it reminds us what Christ had to do to obtain it. And it has power that I don't know that we can any, any of us can actually explain. Yeah. We just see it yep. manifest in those mystical realms. <laughs> yeah. You see a lot of, um, you know, you see a lot of exorcists use them in exorcisms because yep. those demons don't like it. Something happens. Yeah. Something's <laughs> there. Uh, or they'll use the Bible as well. They'll hold the Bible right. up towards the person and they're, they're, they don't like the Bible. They, they fear right. it. So, you know, there's a lot and of people, even atheists. They're not who, okay with sacramentals either. The demons can't handle that either. Exactly. And like people who, you know what I'm saying? They may be atheists. They may not even believe, but they'll have an encounter with a demonic spirit in their room or something. And they say, or, or they wake up with a night terror pinned to their bed and they all immediately go to in the name of Jesus. Or if I just can get that name out of my mouth and it yes. stops the uh, experience from happening. It's, it stops it instantly. The name of Jesus, as long as I can say it, it's power yes, in that in name. In the mystical realm, it's the same way. If you're in trouble, you yeah. call out for Christ, call for Jesus Christ. Um, and you know, it's interesting because I wrote about this in the mysteries of the redemption, how, um, you know, at one point I did a little experiment. I was like, okay, well, I'm going to see what happens if I call out for other people. And of course, <laughs> nothing happens. Buddha, <laughs> help me, Buddha. <laughs> yeah, you know, but um, but when you call, when you're in trouble, you ask for Christ. And um, when you when you need help with a darker demonic source, the Christ is the one who can liberate you. Um, and the, you know, the exorcist use this particular cross because it's a Benedictine cross has the special, where's my camera? There it is up at the top here is the Benedictine medal. And that has specific meaning, uh, regarding the removal of demons from 
a soul and that's why they use that. Uh, so we, we know that it's only in Christ's name that we can be delivered from these things. Um, and a lot of people tell me, well, do you think that's why you think that you got that way because you already believed that? And I, no, because I believe it because I've seen it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. you know I, I, I experimented, you know, big part of my journey was I did always believe in Christ, but I studied all these other things because I wanted to find the truth, probably not that different from your journey. And I, I saw it in the mystical realms that Christ was who he said he was, Messiah, Redeemer. It's a station, it's, a, it's several stations actually above that of prophet. And that's where people get mixed up. If you look at Christ as a prophet, like the Muslim faith does, then you're not understanding his station because mm -hmm. the prophets are here, yeah. the Messiah, Redeemer is up here. You know, all of the prophets, mystics, saints, and sages, along with Christ, are in what I call the royal family of God, and they all work together. You know, the Buddha, Avalokiteshvara, all these, all these beings, Baha'u'llah, all of them, they all work together. Mm -hmm. Krishna, you know, Radha, um, and there's more, you know. There's hundreds of them because we have saints from yeah. all around the world. Yep. Who, but Christ is the head yeah. of that royal family. Mm -hmm. And came... nobody has a problem with it. It's just, it, it just is what it is. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah, they came and, t and did, did our good works and, and taught people to, you know what I'm saying, to love one another. And against such, there is no law. There's no law against love. And that is the royal commandment to love. And anyone who's teaching love, universal love without restrictions they're on our team they're part of the family i really believe yeah. that um what are some of the um uh entities that you've encountered so you're talking about you know what i'm saying the demonic realm as well you've encountered demons in that realm you've encountered angels are there any just of any of those like weird beings that just exist or nature spirits or maybe these entities that are that help control the the tides of the ocean or the plant kingdom is there any any room for that in 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 this this uh, these heavenly realms and astral realms as well well what i've seen is that that there is a fairy realm and they were the ones that seemed to be the most involved in like the uh, plant realms and things like that the natural world type things um then you have all your different orders of angels you know the angels of God can go anywhere from a cherub to these grand, you know, uh, golden light. Yeah, but St. Michael and the archangels are way up there too. And boy, are they powerful. Um, but then we also have um, angels that are in different orders below. Now, in terms of uh, one of the things you'll see with uh, the demonic, and this applies as well to the... Um, the uh, heavenly so as in the heavenly you have angels of virtues so when you are drawing in on purity there are particular angels that would respond to that call mm -hmm. and other virtues the same applies with darkness where if you have issues of lust there are a yeah. whole slew of demons uh, different types of demons for different types of lust issues for greed, um, for vanity. You yeah. know, one of the things that I have been uh, very humbled by, and I think a lot of us would be surprised about vanity, 
we forget vanity is a deadly sin, you know, <laughs> yep. but boy, you know, that's one that I've seen so much of with souls crossing over. And even with myself, because I had to be chastised quite a bit about my own vanity. Yes. Um, we have so much in this world that we, that is vanity that we don't identify. So that's a big one. Um, I've seen a lot of different types of beings and they can go anywhere from just being like a dark soul, which is just a soul that is black to being, you know, real reptilian demon that is really, really, you know, and they can be smaller. And then, you know, like um, I've had encounters with um, uh, Satan himself and he is very, very tall. Um, He's got reptilian like skin, but he has a body that's kind of like a really exaggerated version of a bodybuilder. Um, and his face is not like human. It's more, it's like a morph between a, a reptile look and a human look. And he has these horns and, you know, and he can manifest in different ways, you know, just like we, that can happen. But um, he, when you're in the presence of Satan, there is a very particular energy. And, you know, these were, these were battles that I had to face um, to, um, because of temptations that were being brought my way that I had to conquer. And um, so these were really scary things, you Mm know? Um, And I, you know, you go into people's homes where they have hauntings and you can have anything from a wandering soul, a lost soul, um, you know, a, a soul that's there because of some connection to the person that's living there to literally demonic spirits depending on the history of that house or the history of that place. It's not always related to the history of the house. Sometimes it ends up that the house was built on a a piece of land that where there was a battle before and of course burial grounds. But um, sometimes you have to do a little bit of work in terms of research to find out what happened on the land that where that house was built. Um, There is so much. And, you know, I have, a book in the mystic knowledge series that goes specifically into spiritual warfare, angels and demons. And it outlines all of it. There's so much. Um, it says, it says um, infinite as God is in terms of how things manifest as many ways that people can be deceived or deluded. That's how many realms we will see in the purg- purgatorial or purgation realms, as many ways that there are for darkness to manifest. That's how many lower hell realms there are. And as many ways as there are for goodness to exist, there's an infinite number of realms of light. And so it really is a completely new landscape, and very large and infinite one. Just when you think you have it all figured out, <laughs> you've got these books out, you got these charts and mapped out the angels. There's like, oh, there's all these other rankings and different that, that live and exist in a different world or a different dimension that I had no idea of. And it's limitless, like you say, but it's beautiful. Um, and how we all that song and dance and where we fit in the midst of them and, and, and all of that. And it's it's really interesting and it takes a lifetime to really understand that the entities that were or angels were entertaining even you know what I'm saying unaware, unaware that are around here yes. they're in our auric field they're trying to leech off of our energy and make us depressed so that they can 
it's all kind of crazy yeah, definitely stuff, but... there are demons of depression yeah. one thing i'd like to mention are the golden angels which um they come from the 24th dimension and they are so stunning they're sheer and they are gold light you can see through them but when you're in their presence it's like it's like the angels that adore at the altar of god i mean they are beautiful yeah yeah you I, can't, I... can't even put it into words I've got a friend of mine who who tells a story about um they were they were into it they got into it with some people um who wanted to harm them and they were threatening them to come beat them up to come kill them and all of these things and um the and and they were a Christian family and the people who wanted to cause them harm got in a vehicle and came to their house but they kept driving back and forth by the by the house <laughs> and never would stop because there were these big men posted up at the door like bodyguards and wow. they didn't want to stop as long as these big guys were there and eventually said okay i'm we're gonna leave and go back home and so it was like we didn't have anybody over here so they believed that those were angels kind of you know what i'm saying watching I do too. Over that's amazing over. you know there was a story of saint padre pio during world war ii that reminds me of what you just shared where um the the whoever sent them, I don't remember who it was, but, you know, Padre Pio was in San Giovanni Rotundo, Italy, and they had sent the uh, flyers in, and they were going to bomb San Giovanni Rotundo, and Padre Pio was this amazing saint. He, he bore the wounds of Christ, the stigmata, mm. all of them, and um, he had all these gifts of bilocation. He could read souls and um, all kinds of amazing things. He was profound, mystic, but um, when the pilots flew in, they said they saw this huge monk standing in the sky doing this, and it scared them. And they were like, nope, we're not going there. Yeah. <laughs> and they literally turned around and left. Wow. And that's, you know, kind of similar. But yeah, I just think awesome. that story that you shared is amazing because for anybody who doesn't think that God's got your back, yeah. uh, wow. Yeah, <laughs> <You know>? definitely. <laughs> definitely he's got those angels out there um one thing i wanted to tie in that i didn't were you talking about the just as the you know as far as the uh angels that exist that there's like an opposite you know level and rankings of demons as well so there's the good and the bad of it all and we're talking about the fragrances um, fragrances mm -hmm. and the beautiful smells and and things like that and as you get into the the spiritual realms and the higher heavenly realms you smell these beautiful fragrances but it's also we've been in parts of, of meetings and i remember even in a car we were worshiping as we were traveling we were worshiping and a friend of mine we were doing warfare he was going through some stuff and uh uh doing spiritual warfare and casting demons out of him while we were in the car and this vile smell just appeared it smelled like garbage and vomit and throw up so just like there's the heavenly beautiful smells. There's also a lot of times the the you know what I'm saying disgusting garbage smells that actually yeah putrid accompany. putrid is putrid, a word um, I often use with that. They even talk about too like in the scriptures why they called Satan the Lord of the flies and there's flies and garbage and stuff around and and and, and stuff like that. So there's all, there's the opposite there with the smell too. There's the garbage smells that we've had encounters with as well. Absolutely, yeah. And, you know, for all the beauty that is in the higher heavenly spheres, which is unimaginable, there is an equal amount of filth and putridness in the lower. And, um, you know, one thing that I think is real important for us to all remember, and I, 
try to remind people of this, you know, one of the things that we are asked when we begin the spiritual journey is that we give back to creation, that which creation is given to us. And in bringing this up, it's important for us to remember that what we've been given is being given by, uh, you know, God's spirits and angels who are above our level here on earth. And so sometimes we are called to offer assistance to those in these lower spheres. And when you hear about the putrid and the filth and how black and fiery, so, well, some of them are fiery, some of them are cold, you know, <laughs> there's different, all kinds of manifestations, but that we generate compassion for our brothers and sisters and, and continue to want to do whatever it is that we can do or that we are called to do because we can only do that which we are called to do because the Holy Spirit has to do it through us because of ourselves. We can do nothing. But um, but that we generate that compassion because um, we have brothers and sisters who are in those conditions and don't know how to get out and be receptive to when God allows us opportunities to perhaps be a part of the liberation of any of them. I think that's real important mm -hmm. because that's, you know, that's what we do when we want to give back to creation what it's giving to us. We are going to then serve people who are in lower conditions, just like we have higher people serving us in our lower condition to them. And that's part of that continual giving and receiving that flow of energy that works um, throughout the realms and uh, energizes the evolution of souls. Um. A lot of this stuff we're talking about, it's, it's experienced in the spiritual realms, right? Uh, you're yeah. able to see with the mind's eye. You're able to go places in the spirit that are just as real as our physical reality and probably mm -hmm. is the real reality on the other side. This is more of the matrix. And then that side is uh, what is eternal is what the Bible says. What is what is un what is seen is temporal, but what is unseen is eternal. So being able to experience those eternal realms, we see a lot of it inwardly or as we ascend as well in the spirit. Have you ever had any occasions where you've sensed either demonic or an uh, angelic where it's crossed over into this realm to where maybe a being has appeared not to see it in the spirit? I know that happens a lot, probably, and it happens probably the majority of the time. But have you ever seen a physical manifestation of a demon, uh, a ghost, an apparition, an angel that comes through, or even like lights in the sky, UFOs, and, and those type of things? Have you ever seen anything come out of that realm and into this one as it's traveling through? Yeah, I've seen that. Um, and, you know, the other thing that you'll see, uh, I've seen the, you know, I've seen a lot regarding the ETs, the extraterrestrials uh, as well. That's kind of part of it because they're all part of our, Mm -hmm. You know, God created universe. So they, they, they are uh, brothers and sisters we're not uh, familiar with yet. But um, with the demonic and with the angelic, um, I think that happens frequently. Um, you also see that souls will incarnate that way. So sometimes you have souls that are coming in from like a karmic configuration. But then you also have souls that are actually coming up who have a darker thrust who would be considered coming from a demonic realm. And those are the ones that, um, you know, are coming in with the hope that they can really, really take a higher thrust. 
It's a lot of work to make that happen. You also have souls that come in from the higher realms. Um, I've seen how the golden angels have sent souls in from the 24th dimension for the purpose of assisting humanity. And so they're in disguise, but they're here, you know, and so we, we see a lot of that. And, you know, um, all of us have a multitude of, you know, if you want to get into the real, like the whole matrix idea, the field, the hologram, we all have an infinite number of manifestations of our own souls that, um, that you, you start to experience in the out-of-body travel state, aspects of yourself that you're not familiar with. So these, these things um, are very, very common and ironically pretty, uh, pretty relevant to just about every human soul. It's just that we don't see it. We're, that's part of the human filter um, that we focus on this one window, you know? Mm-hmm. doesn't mean there aren't many more windows. It's just that we're to focus on this one window as we are here. Awesome. Yeah, I've, I've, I've encountered some things like that. And that's when you really believe. When the realms cross, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> yes, they do. That's they for appear. sure. P- people have. The, th- it's rare. You know, I think it is rare. Um, but it happens. It definitely yes. happens. And it made a believer yeah. out of me. Uh, one last question I have for you um, with, so I do personal sessions, like one-on-one sessions with people. I do guided meditation where I um, try to uh, help people facilitate the trance state. Let's go in and we're talking about, you know, being thankful, singing praises and going in together. Um, as far as helping someone enter those states, can can you go to same realms with other people? Like, can you help someone facilitate that realm and you guys go in together? I don't know about meat or anything like that. How does that work if you're helping someone facilitate that? Do they just, do you just guide them in for themselves or do you actually join them? How would that work? Most of the time I will guide them in. I'll take them through. I do spiritual counseling, so I'll, I'll work with people for however long they need on that. And then I also give them continuing guidance as to things that will help them. We have a course of study that's also free on the website you can take that goes into a lot of the things that um, uh, are very important for preparing for this. But what I definitely find out is that um, uh, I'm not always aware of it, but apparently many of my readers um, see me in the astral states and they, they tell me that I was teaching them. And I think that you know, there have been a few times where I remember it, but there's so many of it going on at the same mm-hmm. time. I think God allows my multitudinous self to be doing things and doesn't overwhelm my conscious mind with all of the memory. But a lot of my readers say they see they see me and I give them direction in the mystical states. I'm not always aware of it, though. Yeah, I give the direction on this end. And then it, then, you know, it seems like a, uh, a mechanic of God as to how the rest of that unravels. Mm-hmm. What about the higher self? I know the scripture talks about that we're seated right now in heavenly places with Christ. Is there an avatar thing going on? Is that the, the you know the true us is up there kind of connected to our bodies down here? Uh, we talk about the silver cord and things like that. It, do you believe in something like that that's happening? Like we have a higher self that is already seated with Christ in heavenly places? 
Yes, um, and in the Mysteries of the Redemption, the first section will cover where I go through the process of reuniting with my higher self. Um, and her name is Odyssey. Um, but part of that process is um, going into a lot of the different lifetimes that you've had, seeing the, the patterns that you repeat that are habitual, and then bringing it all under that fold of the higher self so that you can then try to retain as much knowledge from all those lifetimes as possible into this one. So yet we have, not only do we have that higher self that is seated um, in the higher places with God, we have other aspects of ourself that are manifesting all the way down. Um, and I know that's, that's kind of a hard thing for people to relate to when you see it in the out-of-body travel state. It's not because the knowledge of it gets infused, but it's, it's about the fact that there are many parallels of all of us. Um, and we have also all of our existences, all of our lifetimes, you know, we also have people on the other side from other lifetimes that we remember and love. So it, there's quite a bit involved in it, but yeah, the first section, yeah, it's the first section of the mysteries of the redemption goes through this whole process of how a soul reunites with its higher self and brings in that knowledge of those lifetimes because that is the core knowledge that we need to overcome whatever our primary habitual vice might be, but also then to become capable of assisting with energetic alteration for other souls. Um, that becomes a real necessary foundational starting point. We need that in order to then really understand and become useful in that way. And then it goes into the, uh, the, uh, all the issues of energetic alteration. And then it goes into the, the lower realms, the hell realms, and how we also work within those to um, assist souls that have a genuine desire to go higher. And um, so it, it's, it truly is, you know, a completely new world and a completely very large world you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> to travel in. There's a lot there, but yeah, we do. We do have a, a part of our soul that is, is already seated with God. Um, the one thing we always want to make sure is uh, in watching what we're doing in our life is that we don't do the kinds of things that would disconnect us. Like, you know, we yeah. don't want to do things like that that would disconnect us from that connection. And people do that. Yes. You know, that is a, not an uncommon thing to do because um, in the in the mystical realm, they call that beheading, actually, mm. which is a, an interesting term. But if you think about it, you understand because um, you are literally cutting off your connection to God, which means you wow. lose all reason. You lose you lose all reason. And so then you are no longer going to be able to access those parts of you, much less the Lord and um, the higher the higher hierarchies um, until that is restored. So one thing people need to be very much aware of is don't cut off 
your head to spite your feet, you know, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know, because this, this whole thing with the, um, the way energy moves, that's vital to our evolution. We can't, we can't move forward without that energy coming in and around from God constantly. That's evolutionary energy. If we cut it off, we're going to stand still. We might even go backwards. So it's a, it's a very important point for people to understand. That's awesome. You say that, uh, I had a friend of mine, um, Adam Starseed Bay, who actually brought that up for the first time, maybe last week, who talked about being beheaded spiritually and not allowing the energy to rise all the way up and not being able to ascend that way, being beheaded. He tied that together. That was the first time I heard that. Very interesting. <laughs> well, Marilyn, I really enjoyed this conversation. We've covered so many topics, so much wisdom and uh, experiences out there. I really enjoyed it. Let people know where they can go to check out your books and follow your work. It's at outofbodytravel.org. All of our books are available for free download under the tab Out of Body Books. There's a tab called Course of Study, which uh, has the free course of study you can take. Uh, under the tag Appearances, you can pretty much watch all of my um, interviews about various subjects if you're interested in, in listening to more. So everything is at the site. My, my email address is at the top if you want to send me an email if you have any questions please feel free to do so outofbodytravel.org wow thank you for coming on i really enjoyed it we'll have to do this again me too. my friend yeah thank you this was right. great we'll talk to you soon god bless thank you uh, god bless you too all right bye bye marilyn hughes ladies and gentlemen good podcast really good loved it man we've been talking a lot about um, the Christian aspect of ascending and uh, accessing the courts of heaven and doing warfare from that place. Um, there is an inner knowing of who we are in Christ on the earth that we, I don't think we have to do that. Like we know our authority in Christ. We know um, how to pray. We know that the uh, fervent uh, uh prayer of, of the righteous is powerful and effective and we know that so that's the authority that we walk in when we pray and what we believe in so there's a, a sense of inner knowing but the mystical aspect is to tap into the spirit and do that and so i practice a lot of that as well as going into the spirit with people being able to sense what type of entities that are on or around those people and allow them to release it uh, walking in forgiveness and um letting go of that bitterness the word curses and the things that we carry and really receiving the yoke of christ to be guided by the, the 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 white light of christ versus being guided by any type of false light that may appear any lies or deceptions and so really wading through that to make sure again it all goes back to your relationship with god you having your own relationship and your own encounters and experiences and so you would listen to something like this and maybe it builds your faith maybe it's a testimony of what is possible for some and god is not a respecter of persons what he has done for me what he's done for anyone else he's willing to do for you if you seek that and if you're seeking it and if you want it if you're interested in it in it it's for you point blank period it's for you if you're interested in it and so that's how that works. And you say, what, you know what I'm saying? What am I? What, what is my function? How do I do it? Well, if there's a calling for you to do it and, and you're intrigued by it, everyone else has probably came and gone, right? It's just a interesting show, whatever. 
But for those of you who want to engage the spiritual realm, it's possible for you to have that encounter because you want it. Deep calls out to deep and God is willing to take you to those realms and show you great and mighty things that you do not know and cannot find out any other way. There's no head knowledge. There's no book that's going to be revealed to you. Um, it's only through personal encounter with the Lord. And uh, even the scriptures, the scriptures are beautiful and they give us many stories and encounters and doctrine and equipping and things like that. But it's about going in for yourself and knowing God for yourself, not knowing about my relationship with God or anybody else's relationship, but your personal encounter and relationship with the creator of all things who wrote the script, wrote the program that wants to hang out, that wants to have a conversation, that wants to fellowship with you. That's what it's about at the end of the day. So I don't facilitate anything outside of that. And I don't, um, I don't recommend that you do either. Go to the father and the father who sees what you do in secret will reward you openly. Everything comes through that. Get that down and then let's talk. Then let's explore. And then the possibilities really are endless. They really are. Possibilities are endless. It's beautiful. It's exciting. And um, yeah, beautiful conversation. Uh, we got some breaking news here. Um, I want to play this sound bite right quick. I think I could do that. Um, I probably won't get pulled. Let's hope. I'll just play just a second. So there's this sound bite that I want to play uh, from Adam Jones from the band Tool. So. Breaking news is Tool, as many of you know, um, have been working on a new album, been working on a new project. Everyone's anticipating it. Like, the anticipation is crazy. Um, the breaking news is that they just started an iTunes, Pandora, Spotify, all of those accounts. They just put their music on there. I don't think the new music is there yet, but they've been in some legal battle and James Maynard Keenan from the band tool has been saying that they're waiting for some legal battles to be over. Like there's other people who were getting their royalties and they wasn't getting any some graphic artist who was, you know, getting in some contracts that were dirty and they had to make sure that all the legal battles were done because if they put out a new album and get all the money, it's going to be going to all these people who have their hand in it that probably shouldn't have their hand in it by some bad contract deals. Many of you guys were mentioning uh, Jordan Maxwell a few minutes ago. That's where Jordan is. And look where Jordan is kind of in his old age is very bitter. Why? Jordan Maxwell signed some bad contracts. He doesn't own his work. He doesn't get paid. There's people still selling his videos, his teaching, his DVDs, and Jordan Maxwell doesn't get any. He sold the rights to that name. He sold the rights to his work, and people are still selling his work with, with his website, and he doesn't get any. He's upset at this point. Well, Tool was in a very similar legal battle. I don't know if all the um, information's out there. Some people speculate it was with Alex Gray, who did some artwork for them. I don't know. I, I still know that Alex Gray promotes tool and, and all that kind of stuff and even commented on this video. So they have not been on iTunes or Spotify or anything like that for years. They've never been on it because of the, the royalty situation. But just now within the hour, they have uploaded their music to 
iTunes, Spotify, all of these other sites. So Adam Jones from the band Tool, he's the guitarist. He released a new snippet teaser of him playing a riff on Instagram yesterday. And it goes a little bit like this. That's all I'm going to play, but that's beautiful. That's most likely a new tool riff, and it's a really, I love it. Listen to the whole thing for yourself. I posted it on my social media, uh, Adam Jones TV on Instagram. He posted that snippet. But if that's a new tool riff that's about to come out, uh, the wait's going to be well worth it. People have been waiting for years for a new tool album, and um, there's jokes and memes about it because it's been, I don't know how long it's been. I think it's been like, over 10 years or something like that since they put out any material. Um, I will be going to see them next week. I'm excited about that. So anyway, all of you Tool fans, and that's for people who, I mean, we're talking about spiritual music. We're talking about people who incorporate some deep esoteric themes. They talk about leaving the body. Shoot, the song Parable. I remember, um, man, that song in and of itself is a mystical experience. When I went and seen them a couple years ago, I literally had an encounter. I was just crying, weeping, listening to that song. And it's talking about these souls that are meeting in this this, this well of souls get, waiting to incarnate on the earth. And then they're incarnated here. And it's like, don't remember, don't forget where you came from. Remember that we're going back to this place and all of the pain and all of the sadness and everything that you deal with here is only temporary. It's temporal. What is seen, what is felt, is temporary. What is unseen is eternal. So they have a lot of concepts like that. So uh, it's going to be good. It's going to be good stuff. So make sure you check that out. Parable by Tool. It's awesome. So anyway, I wanted to share that. Breaking news within the hour. People are hitting me up on Instagram and uh, Facebook. But then I, uh, I, it's all over the internet. People are blogging about it. So new albums coming very soon. Very soon. Um, yeah, with that, I'm going to say thank you guys. I really enjoyed this episode. I love this subject. I love talking about it. Um, thank you guys for hanging out with me in the chat. This is, uh, how long are we going for here? Uh, two hours and 40 minutes almost doing this podcast. And a lot of you have been here since the beginning. You guys are the troopers. I want to say thank you to everybody hanging out with me live. Thank you to everybody listening to this on the podcasting apps. Uh, huge thank you again to everyone who is supporting my work via Patreon. Um, I could not do this without your help. Again, thank you from the bottom of my heart. You guys are the enablers. This show doesn't exist without you. This conversation doesn't exist without you. Um, believe the Lord has called me to do this and I've been doing it full time for, um, August will be two years. Um, it's been a beautiful, uh, experience. Um, I still walk by faith as far as financially, how the bills are going to get paid, how we're going to be able to move forward in funding, uh, music videos and new albums and continuing just to, to keep moving forward. So again, 
Um, thank you for the support. I could not do it without you. Um, support has been a little slack lately, and I know people have different situations and circumstances where they can only walk so far and they can only give so much. And, and so we have a lot of people who haven't been able to give lately. But I want to say a huge thank you to everybody who has continued to support, even if it's been a sacrifice, man. I know. Trust me, I know. If it's been a sacrifice. And special shout out to those people who step up and have kind of uh, double down on on their giving and who really believe in the work that God has given me through this podcast, through having a conversation like this, letting people know that they're not alone, that God loves them, He's for them, uh, that, that their, their greatest days are ahead of them, and, and uh, expressing the love of God through this uh, portal where we talk to so many different people about spirituality, about the deep spiritual realms, and uh, try to in- inject some truth in that somewhere in this whole movement of people who claim to have the truth, the truth movement, as we can step out and really bring the truth, which I believe at the end of the day is Christ. And just like this whole episode, uh, we've been talking about the, 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 the supremacy of Christ and how uh, how beautiful he is and, and what that realm entails for you as a believer. Where do you fit in in this song and dance of the spirit realm? I get so many messages from people whose lives have been impacted my work, impacted by my work, and I could not do it without your help. I believe that you share in that with me. I believe that you share in that reward with me. Again, I could not do it without your help. So you partnering with me, you share in those benefits. Thank you, man. Thank you. I just need to do an I just need to do an episode where we just read all of the comments. I go into the the messages and emails and I just read them all. I mean, most of you who who are supporting and are giving are are those people. You're those people who have been impacted in some shape or form. As simple as knowing that you're not alone. I'm not alone, man. I thought I was. How powerful is that? It's cliche. You're not alone. It's cliche, but it's powerful, man. When you really come into the understanding that, look, man, this isn't by mistake. God has called me to this. He's brought me this far. He's not going to leave me. He's going to give me strength. He's going to give me grace. He's going to give me faith to survive. If he called you to it, he'll call you through it. He'll never leave you, never forsake you. No matter what realm you're in, trust him. Draw close to him for a reason. I say that for a reason. Man will let you down. Man will uh, deceive you, but your father will never leave you. He will never forsake you. Get in touch with that spirit. Get in touch with that. Again, thank you guys for believing in my work, believing in the music, believing in the podcast, and um, being enablers. Bless you guys. Thank you so much. Patreon.com backslash Truthseeker. You get my entire discography of music, 200 plus songs. You get extra podcasts. You get um, Thursday Night School of the Mystics. Sunday Morning Seer class. There's a bunch of stuff that we're trying to make. We have our Discord community. Uh, Man, so much stuff. With that, I'm going to say peace and shalom. God bless you guys. Peace. Well, that does it for this episode, folks. To hear more episodes of the Truth Seeker podcast, head over to truthseeker.com. And if you're wanting to support the show and get rewards, go to our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash truthseeker.